The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. And go figure, the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas, evidently their new and last home. We're going to hit on that and more here on show 483. I know it's been a while, but listen up. On today's show, we will have free agent fiasco. The Raiders are making some move in free agency, and they're excellent. Uh, thus is why Reggie McKenzie was recognized as uh, the the best general manager in the league this season. So that's a great recognition for him, and for good reason when you hear what he's done this offseason. And, of course, the story of stories. I mean, the Raiders moving to Vegas. I told you guys this was probably going to happen, so we'll hit on that very hard because there's a lot of people going through serious grief, way more grieving than not. So let's hit on that, too. That and the bone line should wrap it up. And listen, man, I am bummed thinking about ending this show. We're going to talk about it. All right. It's the free agent fiasco. (laughs) I love it. let's talk about the departed yes those who left the Raiders uh, to other other places let me just say I want to thank every one of these players right now for getting us to 12 wins last year because I'm sure we were real skinny in a lot of places and these people a lot of them helped us and some of them hurt us but we did win 12 games and so my thanks go out to all these players who are on the roster because It was through them the possibility of us going to the Super Bowl happened in 2016. So let's look at who is gone. Nate Allen went to the Miami Dolphins. Hey, man, we need safety help. We needed it when we got him. So the fact that he's gone, uh, we're going to be looking for some safety help in the back anyways. Linebacker Darren Bates went to the Titans. Uh, He was a pretty good guy on special teams, man. He was hitting it all the time. We're going to miss him on special teams, I'm going to tell you right now. The one we won't miss, (laughs) and I'm sure I won't get a lot of grief for this, D.J. Hayden to the Lions. Do I have to say anything about that move? (laughs) Do I have to say anything about D.J. Hayden going to the Lions? That's all I got to say about that. Jason McGee, I really like this guy. Uh, but he went to the Redskins. Uh, Michael Riviera, who I thought was going to be a better tight end. He really had promise at the beginning, but he's been sketchy. He does not block. So uh, 
Nice talking to you. He's not that good, but he went to the Jags. What else can I say about that? Then Menelik Watson, the, the, the tackle, the, the guy I liked. I really like Watson not being an insider of the NFL or even college football. The guy really made leaps and bounds and progress, and I'm bummed. First of all, he was really showing a lot of promise before his injuries, and now he's going to the Bronco Hose. So we'll see this guy twice, at least next year. I am bummed about that. And the last one I'm kind of upset about, but there's nothing we can do about it. The T-Train. Latavius Murray is gone. He went to the Vikings because they don't have a running back. Well, they do now. They like his running style. He reminds them of Peterson. You know, so... He'll probably fit right in there. That's where he got paid. He got all his money. Uh, I guess we didn't want to challenge that. Reggie McKenzie must have other plans for running back. We do have two great backs already, not bruisers. And there's talk of Marshawn Lynch coming back to football and coming to the Raiders. But, you know, he's kind of a flaky guy as far as what he says and what he does. Uh, He's really not making a commitment to the Raiders, so I don't think that will happen. It could, in the light of the Raiders moving to Vegas, and they want to get some star power here in Oakland to draw the fans. They don't need that kind of crap. They should know that by now. But who knows? Another conversation has happened this offseason. We've heard Marshawn Lynch, the Oakland guy, retired for now. You're trying to get me in trouble now. I'm not trying to get you now, in you trouble. You know he's somebody I'm else's trying. property. You know, I, no, there's Any nothing potential. you can say, Steve. You're trying to get me in trouble. Okay, so. I understand I understand the natural story there, you know, a guy that grew up in the area, much like I did. Would have been a dream come true for me to end up playing there. Fortunately, I'm, I'm coaching there now, but we'll see. We'll see how things play out. Uh, there's a lot that needs to transpire between now and then, and I really can't speak, honestly, I can't speak about any particular guy that's a member of somebody else's team. I think this is a perfect opportunity for a good roster to add more good players, knowing they're going to Vegas. Oh, I know where you're going with okay. this. Hey, give Oakland their child. Make yeah. this deal happen. Make Marshawn Lynch. Well, you might Oakland have to call Raider. someone in Seattle to get them to make that happen. All the players <laughs> that play need to make this thing happen. John Snyder, okay, Mr. McKenzie, Marshawn Lynch and his representation. Make it happen. This is what the Oakland uh, fans, that's what they need. They need it's a definitely like way Marshawn. to soften the blow. It's a way to soften the blow. That, that's not just some blabber mouth on radio or TV. That is Michael Robinson, who was a very good friend of Beast Mode's. They were teammates for four years in Seattle. He was his lead-blocking fullback. We had Michael Robinson on the show about a week ago, and he was treading a lot more lightly because he does talk to Marshawn directly, and he had to walk that line. So Michael Robinson last night in NFL Total Access just came right out and said he wants Beast Mode to come to Oakland. So he's obviously talking. You heard Jack Del Rio earlier. That was yesterday morning before the owners vote 31-1 to to move the Raiders to Vegas. Steve Weish from the NFL Network asked him about Marshawn. And initially Jack didn't want to talk. But then as he talked, he spoke a lot. Right. About, he started you know, it's not our property. we got to get a lot of things that have to transpire before that happens. So, uh, I, you know. I'm the one who started this whole mess coming up on two weeks on Thursday. Uh, and my sources was not inside the Raider building at all. It was people connected to Marshawn. Uh, but I was so excited about this 
because this is exactly the way I saw this happening. I was hoping they they'd sign Marshawn before the Vegas vote. Mm-hmm. But now that the Vegas vote has happened, I really think, and this is a big reason why I want Marshawn Lynch, I mean, besides the fact he fits so perfectly into any kind of a running scheme you want. You want to run power. Mike Tice wants to pull Kelechi, Kelechi and have uh, Jameis Alawale lead it up there and have Marshawn come out of an eye-back set. You could run him out of his pistol, yeah. a shotgun, an inside double-team zone, and outside he reads the backside cut. He's just a perfect running back. back. Any yeah, scheme you want. Yeah. But all beyond that. So I can make a football argument, and I have for the last two weeks, why I want Marshawn to be a Raider. I know how much he wants to be a Raider, but I really think beyond that. So from a football standpoint, you can make a compelling argument. Now let's go over to the business side, to the owner and Mark Bedane, the president. I think you need something to galvanize the Raiders and Oakland. And who is better than Marshawn? Yeah. We made the point, uh, you know, Plunk, Jim Plunk is going to join us coming up at 1 o'clock on the Afternoon Delight with Pop and Vontae. Jim, Jim's from the South Bay. So he, he's probably the best Raider that is from here all time, with all due respect to, to 5'2", Kirk Morrison and Sam Williams. And, uh, you know, there haven't been a lot of great Oakland-born Oakland Raiders. And I think right now you need Marshawn and Silver and Black more than anything. Could he, Vontae, galvanize the East Bay and the Oakland city and the community with the Raiders now. And let's just go out here, whether it's one, two or three years and have Marshawn lead them back and bring them back together. No, absolutely. But I do wonder what is Marshawn Lynch thinking right now, knowing that this Vegas move is going to happen. Doesn't impact he's like, him at all. You don't think it impacts him? Where no. You don't think he's sitting back saying, you know what? They're leaving us. No, Why would I help out that franchise? Zero, zero. I'm just, I'm just no, curious. He knew they were going to Vegas yeah, when he started curious. all this thing. He knew, I'm just curious. He knew they were going to Vegas. I mean, if anybody knew they were going to Vegas when they got the three quarters of a bill back in November, no, he's not going to be. He's not going to Vegas with them. He doesn't have three he's more. He doesn't two have years. four. No, he's two, three years. He'll no. ride it out with the Raiders. He's watched, and then, let's just see him yeah. run. I mean, a lot of people in football think to bring him back for one year out of retirement is a reach. So this is a one year only deal. He's not getting any multi year deal. Or now, how do you structure the deal? Uh, he's, you know, he's, I think he's still feeling it out a little bit. You know, I think a lot of it, what he's doing is the market a lot like, uh, all day AP Adrian yeah. Peterson doesn't like the money that they're talking about and he wants the right fit. But I think from a, Marshawn knows where he fits. Yeah. Now it's just a question. And a lot of it might be what Michael Robinson told us when he was on the show a week or so ago, two weeks ago, he doesn't want to write that check back. So if Seattle wants the prorated portion of the signing bonus, one third of 7.5 is 2.5. Does Paul Allen need that money? But if no. he if he wants it, and they, a lot of guys just say, you left us, you retired a year early, we want our money back. So that could be a major deterrent for him to come back and play. If I have to write a check for 2.5 and I'm only going to make three, yeah. am I going to come back and put my body in harm's way again for a half a million? I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but I think it all comes into play. But I, I just I think they need... Marshawn is a football player. They could be perfect behind this line and energize this crowd and just be so awesome. And I think from a business standpoint, if you want to market somebody in this year of limbo, Marshawn it's Mar- the greatest Oakland-born NFL player. Maybe of all time. John Brody was terrific, obviously, but you know, to this generation, has anybody played the game of football like yeah. Marshawn Lynch that was born in Oakland? No. No, he's, I don't so he's think the so. guy. He's a guy. And I think we, it was either Greg Bell or Michael Robinson who said that Seattle may not even ask for that money back. They well, may just say, hey. It was Greg you know, Bell that said Greg that. Bell that said that. So he was just like, hey. And Richard may, Sherman said know. they've talked about it and they'd let him go. Now, Sherman's not John Schneider right. or Paul Allen or Pete Carroll. But yeah, I think the people up there, they don't begrudge him. They've already moved on. They, they, they signed yeah. Eddie Lacy. So I think now more than ever, we need beast mode. 
And who here is who we got so far. So from the Giants, uh, Marshall Newhouse, offensive lineman. I think this is a great pickup for one thing. Uh, they had 22 sacks, the third lowest sack numbers in Giants uh, last year had the third lowest sack numbers, and that was due also to this young man here. Uh, he had some injury issues. Perhaps that'll plague him still. I don't think so. I hope not, because he is a promising lineman, and we could use as many of those guys as we can. He's two years in the league. I think he's pretty good. I think he's a good pickup. July Jenkins, linebacker from Miami, four years. He's okay. He could be pretty good. Um... The Miami Dolphins have a pretty fierce defense. I, I think if we got one of their guys, it's it's a pretty good move. Uh, we'll see how he pans out in the line. We need linebackers anyway, uh, for sure, <laughs> for sure, to help out our defense. E.J. Manuel was an interesting signing. He will be our backup's quarterback. Um, wow, from the Bills, four years. They didn't waste much time moving on from him. Evidently, he has some issues, but he could do a pretty good job at the backup. So uh, he was the 16th overall pick uh, for the Bills. So you know what? We could do worse as far as the backup quarterback. I think that was a good thing. Tight end Jared Cook, 6'5", 254, nine seasons as a pro from Green Bay. How is Jared Cook going to influence what you guys do on offense and also just just your uh, tight end group in general? Mm -hmm. You have a bunch of versatile guys, Lee and Clive. How is he going to impact the, the versatility of that group and how is he going to benefit? Well, well we're, we're really excited to have Jared. Uh, you know, he's, he's developed. I mean, at this point, you know, you're getting a guy that's in his prime. He's uh, physically, he's grown. He's from when he came out. Um, to where he is now, he's really worked at his body, his strength. is is um, He's a guy that we think can do a little bit of everything. Uh, he, he he blocks a little better than maybe he's given credit for. Uh, he definitely can be a matchup problem for for defenses that deal with and handle. We see a number of those guys throughout the year. We're glad to have on our show. Could you envision he and Clyde working? in the same formation, or is it going to impact how much Clive gets to play? How is it going to impact him? Well, it'll, it'll impact Clive in, in that he'll have to push and really um, create uh, an additional role. It won't be as easy for him to have a role made that's kind of waiting for him uh, because with a guy like Jared, he's going to demand a certain amount of snaps each game, so Clive's going to have to work hard to create value for himself so that, uh, so that, we're, you know, so that we're getting him involved as well. But uh, we like we like having Lee back healthy and right. uh, having a guy like Jared and then and then having a developing Clive and Clive just needs to come on and develop and uh, and blossom into the guy that we know he can be. With Jared, what, what did you think of how quickly he was able to gain a rapport with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? What did that show you last year? Yeah, you know we we kind of looked at all a lot of different factors. Um, certainly. You know, him being adaptable, uh, being intelligent enough to pick up systems and do the things that we need him to do was, was a big part of it. Raider Nation, what's up? I'm Jared Cook. I'm proud to sign with the Raider Nation today, and I'm happy to go to work for you guys. I think this guy could be really productive. He's a good blocker, good tight end. We need a tight end. We've needed a tight end for a long time, 
And we need someone to come in and dominate that part of the field because it works. It works well when you have a good one. We got another guy from uh, from the Vikings, Cordell Patterson. Uh, this guy here looks to be all that he is. Wide receiver, all pro, twice. What kind of a piece did you add in uh, Cordell Patterson? Really excited about uh, CP. You know, he's... He's, uh, he's a gifted athlete. He's, uh, once he touches the ball, he can score from anywhere. Um, yeah, we're, he, he's excited about what we plan on doing with him in our offense and with our special teams. It's not just as a special teams guy. We're going to integrate him into our offense, and uh, yeah, I think he's a, he's a dynamic play, playmaker. I think he is going to be a good add-on to our wide receivers when one of them has the dropsies, this guy could pick it up. We'll see. All right. <laughs> Darrell Patterson, wide receiver, kick returner, man. I'm whatever y'all need me to be, man. I just want to thank everybody in the organization, man, for giving me the opportunity, you know, to be here. You know, I'm ready to get to work, man. I wish I could start at work yesterday, but, you know, today is a new day. I'm blessed for the opportunity God gave me. And I just want to thank my family for always being there. And I want to thank Red Nation, man, for allowing me for this opportunity, man, uh, I can't wait to get to work and start this journey. We need more hands. That's all I know. We need more hands that'll catch the ball is what I really know. And this guy could fill in that spot. Plus, he is a great returner. The guy posts some great great uh, yards on returns. So I think that could certainly help on our special teams, which has improved last year, but it could always use a little more. Uh, but he could certainly step into the wide receiver ranks, and make some noise. I'm excited about that pickup. So Reggie scores again this year. I think not spending a lot of money, but getting a lot of talent. We'll see how these guys pan out next year, but I'm looking for good things. Uh, they're, they're entering a team that's already pretty solid, has a good core. So let's just see how things go. Free agency, it ain't over. So uh, the draft is coming up. We'll see where we go there. That that could be anyone at that far down the list, uh, but we shall see. I'm looking for a running back myself, but we shall see for sure. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, we can't avoid it now, so we better start saying Viva Las Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders. Won the votes. Yes, the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a new steel. Viva Las Vegas! Viva! All right, so we've all had a little time to digest the whole situation with Las Vegas Raiders. We we kind of knew it was coming ahead of time, so that added to the stress. And then after it happened, everybody was pissed, going through the same seven stages of grief, uh, our loss, whatever you want to say, the anger, the frustration, the blaming, uh, the sadness, the depression, the acceptance. 
So I'm I'm pretty much at the acceptance part at this point. Uh, what are you going to do? Nothing. They're going. They're gone. Good riddance. You can go to the games. You don't have to go to the games. A lot of people pissed. Way more people pissed. But let's not overshadow the people who are excited. And, you know, we're all part of the Raider Nation. So congratulations, reluctantly, obviously, but congratulations to the Las Vegas Raider fan. There's there's a bunch of them there, I'm telling you. Raider Steve, uh, there's a bunch more. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving names out, but there's a lot of Raiders in Las Vegas. And to poo-poo the whole thing from us, our side, I know we're angry, but you got to feel happy for them. I mean, think about how you felt when they were coming back to Oakland. So congratulations to the Las Vegas Raider fans that are there, that are going to support the team. I know they're not enough there to support the team, but I'm sure there'll be plenty uh, there. And let's just get that out of the way first. You know how many people come to Las Vegas a month on the average? Four million. Four million people. That's a bunch of people. And I don't think that many people go to the Oakland airport. Matter of fact, I could probably make that a for sure. So the number of people that are going to be able to go to games will be great. The percentages sound good. The NFL, not stupid. And so the team is moving. Uh, like I said, congratulations. But for us in Oakland, a heartbreaking set of events. For me personally, uh, Randy doesn't live here anymore, so he's had to fly here. He's kind of happy about the move, actually, which is fine. I, I totally, I got no grievance, man. I got no grievance. But for me personally, uh, taking my children there from when they were very small, uh, they grew up at the Coliseum. They spent many, many games, all three of them, fighting over tickets every year. Uh, you know, the I did more this week than you did. There was... It was great, great camaraderie. We've watched the games together as a family. Just amazing experiences we have had at the Coliseum, which in itself is an epic monument to just decades of Raider and A's, victories, countless games, countless stories, countless events in the parking lot, too. I mean... The history is so much, I couldn't even take care of it in this show or next show or the next show. So just know that so many other families are going through the heartache that I'm going through and the, the fact that that won't be here after next year. Who knows what's happening? A lot of speculation on the next two years. The city council might want to revoke those contracts. I don't know if they can. We'll see what happens after this season. But let me just say, for us in, in Oakland, brutal loss. I, I'm sure I'm not putting it in enough terms, but I'm sure uh, we can listen to all the, the greats uh, in this show who have their opinion. Pleasure to talk to one of the all-time greats. Tim Brown joins us on the Raider flagship. And, Timmy, I go back a long way with you. I can imagine your mixed emotions at this point in time. You've always been comfortable speaking your mind. And what jumps out at you initially 24 hours after the vote? Uh, you know, I think I, I, I have the, the same reaction as when I when I first heard it. And that is, you know, it's a, it's a happy, sad thing when you think about it, man. You know, I mean... 
you have to be knowing and experiencing what we experienced, you know, with the locker room and the facilities, uh, with the uh, uh, at the Raider place, man. And uh, even though they they've upgraded the uh, the facility in Alameda, um, you know, it's just been tough. I mean, I can go back to when we were in a doggone elementary school in L.A. for seven years, you know. So uh, those facilities were tough, man. And knowing that this. This place is now going to be uh, the organization is now going to have a place that's first first class and deserving of uh, of an NFL team. To me, it's exciting, you know. And and then there's the flip side, you know, where uh, you know there are going to be a lot of heartbroken fans uh, uh, with the fact that the team is leaving. And uh, so uh, that is a, that's a tough tough deal, you know. I, I know that in '96, man, when we moved there. The team came back in 95, but we didn't live there until 96. There was talk talk about building a stadium then, and uh, here we are 21 years later, and it hasn't been done. And I'm definitely not saying that's the city of Oakland's fault. Um, you know, I'm sure Mr. Davis had something to do with that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think at this point, man, you know, this team has to be able to compete. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to have a first-class stadium. Uh, if you, you're talking about bringing in uh, the, the top uh, free agents and all that, so so it's tough, man. But uh, hopefully, we can uh, you know we can all get together here and, and do this thing the right way and send the team to Vegas and wish them well. Tim Brown is our guest, the Hall of Famer. Not knowing all the politics involved and the fact that the NFL doesn't want their teams dealing with a third-party developer. They want either the owner to build the stadium on his own with his own money or work with the city and municipality. Knowing Al Davis the way you did and now knowing Mark, do you believe Mark Davis did enough to try to keep the team in Oakland? Uh, Well, look, I I haven't had one conversation with Mark Davis about this, um, but I have spoke to many other folks in the organization about this. And and if I'm to believe what what they're saying, I I can remember I was there the last time I was at at a game. Uh, It was just me and and an executive up in in a suite, and we were talking about the, the situation. And he was almost in tears. Because they they have tried and tried and tried and and all the people coming up with these deals all the deals were three hundred fifty four hundred million dollars short, you know so it, it it basically didn't help the situation at all, you know so the fact of the matter is that um, you know these guys have done all they could possibly do, and unless you want this team to stay in a substandard uh, facility and just rough it out like because that's what the Raiders do, then I get it. But if you want the best for the team, then you know at some point, man, you know we gotta we gotta turn the page and, and move on. Look, I, I was telling, look, move to San Antonio, move, just get some place where you where where the city is gonna take care of you as best they can. And I'm not again not blaming this on Oakland. I understand things are the way they are, but at the same time, what do you're in the NFL, which means you have to compete in the NFL. So how is that gonna happen if you don't have that uh, that facility uh, that uh, most of other teams in the league have? Tim, what are the players owed? Because I talked about this, and all the listeners want to talk about the decision they need to make, either to not go to games, not go to Vegas, uh, to live out the next couple of years here. From a player's perspective, what does Amari Cooper and Derek Carr, the coach Jack Del Rio, deserve from the Raider fans going forward in Oakland? Man, you know, look, I I, I think that I, I get that people may be upset, but uh, it, it goes back to to what you what you really uh, what 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 do you really want to see of your team? I mean, if this is you know your team and the team you love, 
Um, you know, are you going to support them no matter where they are, or do they have to be in Oakland for you to support them? And, and the other question that I think everybody has to ask is, did this team do everything they possibly could do to stay here? Now, I can tell you from, from, from the time I was there that they, they, that there was a, there was talk about building a stadium. And I've been going for 10, 12 years now. So and there's been talk of stadiums and all that kind of stuff, but it hasn't got done. Um, so, you know, so, I mean, what are you to do? Do you keep fighting that battle? Do you keep doing the one year agreements? Do you keep, you know, just, you know, just, you know, meddling around in the mud or whatever? Or do you pick up and say, hey, look, maybe there's fertile, more fertile soil someplace else? And uh, and if that's the case, then we gotta we got to pack up and move right with them. So, uh, you know, look, I, I'm going to miss Oakland, and uh, but, you know, that's two years away, man. A lot can happen in two years. So, you know, I, I think, you know, we enjoy these next couple of years. Hopefully, and, and one of the things I've been saying, I hope and pray that the, the Raiders will find a way to get into the community and show the fans how much they have appreciate them and will appreciate them for the next couple of years. And, um, and let's just do this thing the right way, man. Now, I know Al Davis wanted love Vegas. He loved Las Vegas. He was a Vegas freak, evidently. Loved it there. He would have been happy. So for all you fans thought that he'd be pissed, that is not true. Al Davis loved Las Vegas and is probably elated that the team is going to be there permanently. So many people uh, come to your mind on a day like today when the NFL voted 31-1 to to allow the Raiders to relocate to Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, our next guest is a guy who's been a Raider for virtually his entire life. Just uh, celebrated an 80th birthday party. It was a surprise. <laughs> uh, I think we could uh, break that surprise now. It happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, first ever quarterback in the history of the Raider franchise, and obviously he's been a part of all of their accomplishments, an assistant coach in Super Bowl Eleven, the head coach in 15 and 18, and uh, my partner for the last 20 years on the Raiders Radio Network, the great Tom Flores joins us on the Afternoon Delight with uh, Pop and Vanta here on 95.7 The Game. So a lot of emotions, I know, Coach, uh, going through you now, but uh, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, my emotions are sad, uh, nostalgic, and exciting. Excitement of, of what the future has, but sad because of where we're leaving and what that's been to me. and and all the Raider fans all the years, including Los Angeles, along the way. And, you know, it's just been a, uh, an incredible journey, and the journey's just ending in another phase, I guess. And, um, you know, it's hard to say, it's hard to say how, how the, what the feelings are going to be when the move actually takes place. I, I was involved in the, last, in the last move, the move to L.A., and we were really busy during that move, so you don't really have a a lot of time to reflect, and uh, later on is when you reflect. Unfortunately, we were able to win one in the first couple of years down in L.A. If Jack Del Rio was to call you and ask for your advice, and it's different because when Al moved the team uh, before the 82 year, you played the games down there, but you would fly in for the game. So it was really difficult uh, just to make that all work. But there's going to be some issues that come up, maybe not right this year, but next year, Tom, if you could give any advice to Jack Del Rio how to proceed forward with his football team, what would you tell him? Well, that's, that's a good question because it's a little different. Allie, there was two things involved. In the first year, there was a long strike. So we decided to stay in Oakland and not move down from training camp, knowing that the strike was looming. And uh, it was eight, eight weeks in a row, no games. So we stayed in Oakland and and 
that's why we stayed in Oakland for the games and, and practice. The, the following year, we moved down. It was a tough move, but the, you know, you're moving your family, your professional family, which is your team, and you all have everything the same thing in common. And it's not like you're going someplace and make you're going to have to make new friends. Uh, and plus, we had a place to play. So as soon as they said we're moving, we could move because we had a stadium to play in. Now, this is going to be a little different for Jack. And uh, but the, the, he's done a good job in in getting that team on the same page. And uh, you know, I think he'll do all right in that respect. But but it's going to be an experience for him. It's a new experience for all of us. Yeah, the great Tom Flores joining us on the afternoon delight with Papa and Bonte here at ninety five point seven. The game, I think you you remember him mostly as the head coach of the Raiders, but before that, an assistant coach in Super Bowl eleven when John Madden was the head coach. And I, I want to talk to Tom Flores, the quarterback of the Raiders, Tom, because you you predate Al Davis. You were here with Jim Otto, the early days. Just give me. Because the Raiders are the Raiders. I know whether they're the, the, the Oakland Raiders, the Los Angeles Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, they're, they're just the Raiders. But you were here when they were just getting started and just starting to grab a hold of the East Bay and the Bay Area and taking over. So what, what are your emotions today as the guy who was the first ever quarterback of the Oakland Raiders, Tom? Well, that that makes me sad because uh, having been the you know the pioneer, uh, Jim and I are the only two guys still left in the organization from 1960 uh, that are still around with the Raiders, uh, and uh, you know having been pioneers and started playing in Keysar Stadium and then Candlestick Park and then finding Frank Hulefield before the Coliseum, uh, there's so many memories that you don't, it's hard to reflect them all until you start talking about it. And all of a sudden, another one pops up, another one pops up. Remember when we were here, and they called us the Oklahoma Raiders because they had no idea where Oakland was. And so that was, that was another experience in an airport. Um, we just, you know, it's uh, it's sad. Uh, my feeling, Raiders belong in Oakland. That's where they belong, in the Bay Area. That's We made, the, we made Oakland famous uh they helped us by their support but uh, you know like i said earlier reality is reality um, unfortunately um whatever that came out of oakland recently uh might have come came a, a little too late to even get uh, even work with you know this is this is big this is big business now this is big this is a big game business and the, the stadium, although you were a part, I'm just thinking, I'm closing my eyes and thinking all the big games that you were a part of in that stadium. I mean, some of the biggest moments in the history of pro football happened right inside the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, Coach. So it's difficult. Um, but they obviously need a new stadium, and they've needed one for a long, long time. Take us back to the early 80s when Al decided to leave Oakland and go to Los Angeles, and whether it was the you know the infrastructure there, the locker rooms, the lack of luxury suites, just what what was it about the place that was a problem in the early '80s that still is somewhat the same issue today, Coach, and why why they're having to leave all these decades later again? Well, first of all, it was you know they all wanted to upgrade the stadium uh, to you know with uh, so that he could make it a, a, a better stadium, you know, comparable to some of the other stadiums in the National Football League. Uh, I don't know what the, uh, the the money issue was, 
Uh, I don't think it had to do with the, the, the money coming in. It was the ability to make more money coming in and, and more revenue for the stadium and team. Uh, it just wasn't getting done. And uh, they weren't, you know, the city of Oakland in those days, unfortunately, the commissioner uh, at the time said, uh, told the people in Oakland, don't worry, they can't move. Uh, and so they believed them rather than coming up or even trying to work with the Raiders. Um, on, there was a, the mayor of Oakland at that time and, and the vice president of, uh, of Kaiser, the, they had a deal going and the commissioner, the committee uh, on the commission threw that deal out the window. So that's when Al went back to LA and started listening to Warren. And they came up with all kinds of promises that they didn't fulfill down there either. So it was a, it was a, um, an emotional time then too. I mean, but. You had to do what you had to do, and uh, like I said before, you know, you you move your whole family down there. It's not easy. And the hard part is, you were there, you know, seemingly like a long time, but thirteen years in the NFL, as far as a franchise, you know, picking up and moving, is not that long. Go back to when Al moved the team back to Oakland in nineteen ninety five, coach, and I got the feeling right away. <laughs> That the old the PSLs and all that nonsense that was becoming a problem. That even when he came back here, he was trying to, I think, recapture what you guys had in the '60s and '70s. But it was never quite settled that the Raiders would be here for the long haul. Even when he came back for for he came back the second time in '95. Well, when he came back, and you know, I remember him telling me once, you see, all of a sudden, you know, the things that brought him back. And uh, what, what really brought him back was he said, well, I remember having lunch with him one time. He said, maybe it's time to go home, uh, which was kind of interesting for him to say that. But that's where the Raiders, that was that was home. Uh, that was their initial home. And uh, But then when he got back to Oakland, all the, some of the promises that were made there were fulfilled. So then the problem started again, and, and uh, the victory started back and forth again, and then, uh, and then nothing seemed to be done other than promises and and uh, lost promises. So that that was an issue too. And then you and then you look around, and you look at Atlanta, who's on their third stadium, and we still have our first stadium. And then you go to see the, some of the new stadiums. Which you and I have had the, you know, the opportunity to travel in with a team, uh, and some of these stadiums are just beautiful. And, and uh, it's not just the outer part of them; it's the inner part too. The infrastructure uh, that stadium is ready to fall down, and, and uh, it's just, uh, it's just sad. It's sad to it's sad to see it, and uh, sad to realize. But I guess it's going to happen. Yeah, they're going to Las Vegas. You know, even after Al got back here in 95, he would never let L.A. go, constantly saying, you know, I, I own L.A. So, you know, he was thinking of, of how yeah. to make it work to get the great situation. And uh, even though, you know, his his thing was L.A. and the you know the, the media market, he loved Vegas, Tom. There were so many parties. Yep. He had Raider-related functions there. I still have on my desk the uh, that beautiful uh, ornament he gave us for July the 4th of 2004 to celebrate his 75th birthday party. Yep. So if Al was alive, Coach, to make this decision that his son had to make the last couple of months, would he have made the same call? Would he have moved the Raiders again and this time to Las Vegas? Under the present conditions, probably so. Uh, probably so, you know. Uh, maybe not wanting to, but probably so, because uh, because uh, 
You're right. He loved Vegas. He loved. We actually played a preseason game there uh, one year, and uh, yeah, way back when in the '60s, right? Yeah, yeah. When uh, during the preseason, yeah, I actually did. Yeah, sure did. Well, it's kind of funny because we were playing a preseason game there. We're playing the Houston Oilers, and uh, and we're all staying at the same hotel, and we're all at the same gambling tables before the game. (laughs) And he's okay. Buses are leaving. Okay, let's go. And we all wow. hurried through the game so we could get back and uh, and play some more blackjack. <laughs> and it was just crazy. A Raider legend, George Atkinson, joining Joe Lowe and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Mr. Atkinson, an honor to have you on the program. As a Raider legend, a couple days ago when you hear the news that this is taking place... Take us through your emotions. What are you thinking right off the bat when you hear that? Very easy. What took so long? You know? I mean, this is a franchise that you look at its history. It's a storied franchise. And you're playing in an outdated stadium, and you're getting opposition from the city and the county of Oakland. you got to make a business move. And Mark Davis, Mark Bedane, and Dan Ventrelli did the right thing, and they did it very well. Hey, they had to look out for this franchise. If you if you remember, guys, and I came up during this era, Mr. Davis used to say he wants the greatest players. He wants the greatest coaches. He wants the greatest front office. He wants the greatest fans, and he and and that goes for a stadium too. The Raiders need a state of the art stadium, and they did what they had to do to get that. In order to compete in this league, you got to have a place to stay, and it's got to be your own. And it's going to be a nice stadium if it all comes to fruition, as it appears it will in 2020. But what of Oakland, George? What about the fans in the East Bay, in particular, who stuck by this team when they went to Los Angeles, only to see him return now to depart? to Las Vegas, what message do you send to the diehard Raider Nation who's heartbroken right now? I don't know if the true Raider fan is really heartbroken. I think if you're a true Raider fan, you understand what that situation was there. And, hey, you welcome a new home. And it will be the true Raider fan's home in Vegas. And, uh, you know, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump, basically, by, by plane. And I think the true Raider fans, it won't affect at all. You have that Raider vibe right there in Vegas. And uh, certainly you will have some that will jump off the ship. And I understand that. And we all do. You know, there are some fans who will feel like they've been betrayed. But if you look at the circumstances, you look at the situation that the Raiders were in, I mean, it's a move that will benefit not only Raider fans everywhere, but the organization, too. And, you know, you hate to say it, you have to look at it sometimes from a point of view of what is and what is for the Raiders is that they needed a new home. And that home was there when I played. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since they've had their own place. And now they have a place of their own. They can compete in the league now, not only on the field, but they also have the facility that compete with the best stadiums around the country. George, when you think about how the NFL is letting these teams just leave, San Diego has one home and one home only. That's San Diego. They're now the L.A. Chargers. You look right. at the you look at the Rams. Now they're the L.A. Rams. So when you right. look at that, you you look at the last home game the Chargers had against the Raiders. Sixty five thousand Raiders came out in strong Tula Vista area. It's a huge population for the Raiders fans. That is. So when you think about these three teams that go to Southern California and L.A. going to Nevada. Who do you think wins? You know, L.A.'s a hop, skip, and a jump like you're talking about. San Diego is a hop, skip, and a jump. Who wins? 
who has the most, if you had to look into the crystal ball, which stadium is going to have the largest fan base, you know, over, over time? Oh, by far the Raiders. I mean, come on. Those same 65,000 will try to get into that stadium in, in Vegas, and you will have that home base there. Like I say, there will be a Raider flavor in, that, in the stadium in Vegas. And uh, listen, there's a base of about 30,000, 35,000 fans that's going to be there regardless. And uh, whatever else fills in that 30,000, 35,000, whatever seat capacity it holds, hey, I guarantee you they will adjust to that Raider flavor that will come with that base and the, 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 the base fan base that, that they have. And I, I don't think that will be lost. And I think who benefits from all this, uh, when you look at the three teams moving, certainly the cities benefit, but the league, I think, because they're still doing the same thing. They're trying to create competition. George, what do you think this upcoming season will be like for the Raiders and for the fans with so much expectation off a 12-4 and year, yet now against the backdrop of the team uprooting and going to Las Vegas, do you think that the, the culture from the fan base or the relationship with the team will be different than it's been? Not at all. Like I said, that core Raider base fan will always be there. So they will fill the Coliseum up with the core group. And depending on how the Raiders are playing, you know how you have rats that jump off the ship, as we used to say, and you have those that come on the ship. If the Raiders are winning, it's not going to matter. Uh, that stadium will be filled, trust me. And they, I think they will continue to, to uh, win. And you know the ideal situation is for the Raiders to leave Oakland with the championship. And then go to Vegas and win another championship. That would be ideal. You know, leave Oakland with something and go to Vegas and take them something. Mark Davis, you know what I think about him. Mo Davis, uh, I he had this vision from the beginning. I'm sure he fished this out. I'm sure his dad planted seeds. This is a chance now for us to have a world-class football stadium in uh, what they call the entertainment capital of the world. I think it's just a great opportunity for our organization. I know that there's going to be some disappointed and angry fans in Oakland and understand them for having that. Um, it's an emotional time right now. I'm hoping that I'll have a chance to talk to them and maybe explain some of the reasoning behind why we're doing what we're doing. And we also welcome the new fans that we're going to be creating in Nevada, adding them to the Raider Nation. And it's going to be really, really exciting. This is something that just didn't happen overnight. And these negotiations were way underway before we even heard about them, for sure. The city of Oakland, I mean, many hands made this mess, I'll tell you right now. The city of Oakland and the numerous mayors talking, flapping, you know, bull crap out of their buttholes uh, for the rest, for the time, what are they, here, 20 years? 20 years they couldn't get a deal done? You mean to tell me that there was no way they could make the seat pass their own you know, next vote, you know, they all the yeah, 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 we want to be Raiders. Yeah, 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 we're going to build a stadium. Yeah, 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 it was this person's fault. That's, you know, the city of Oakland owns a huge part of this. Uh, how do you think we got to this point, Greg? Uh, the former mayor of Oakland, Gene Kwan, Floyd Gephardt. There were some real bad Moments, Kelly. I remember the Raiders having me come in during the All-Star break, the baseball All-Star break in 2013, to MC uh, a group of uh, mayors from all around the Bay Area. There must have been 20 or 30. And Gene Kwan was right in the front row. 
And I think that was the, the point. The 2013 offseason, Mark Bedane wanted to keep him here. Mark Davis really wanted to keep him here. And there was a bit of a squatting uh, match between the Raiders and the A's. I think uh, Lou Wolf, Gene Kwan, I think Floyd Gephardt are the principals here. Uh, Libby Shaft got in a little bit too late to save it. I think the momentum was already there. There was a finite window right after the Carson vote went the other way where they could have jumped in and did not. So I think there's a lot of people that are, that are to blame for this. And the fact that they're lame, and I mean capital L for lame proposal at the last minute, was pathetic. And Libby, let me give the Raider fans the shaft, uh, deserves to have this on her epitaph. Everybody, Tim Kawakami here with a special TK Show episode. Former CEO of the Raiders. Everybody, it's Amy Trask. Do you think that there was a deal to be made for the Raiders? And let's be practical about this. Within that Oakland political situation, when you were there, let's just be practical, when you were there, to be made. Well, I do believe there was a deal to be made, and I'm going to answer that in two regards. Um, I do believe there is a deal to be made in Oakland had the team chosen to stay. And a very, very fair question that people then raise is, so then why didn't you do the deal, Amy? And that's sort of a, you know, I'm going to answer that in several ways. Number one is, in the waning years of his life, Al said to me that that was a decision he wanted to leave to his son. Fair enough. But two, the political landscape in Oakland has changed quite a bit since I left the team. I left about four years ago. And as you know, um, there's a new mayor Mm -hmm. in charge now. I'm dubious that we could have gotten something done with the previous mayor or if we could have gotten something done with the previous mayor it would have been an you know what's the expression from the wizard of oz a horse of a different color Mm. um libby schaff brings to the city um, a level of professionalism and and a hard work ethic and a business savvy that her predecessor didn't have So, you know, I I don't know that I can answer your question spot on other than in two ways. Do I believe there's a deal to be made in Oakland? Yes. Were those two factors, uh, the decision Al made to leave this up to his son and the change in Oakland government that would have made it considerably different four years ago than now? Yes, I do. When Al was saying that Mark was going to be the one to decide this. Was it Mark's deciding it now? Was Al saying it contemporaneously or this would be something that's going to be decided in five to 10 years? You know, was Mark working on it when you were there? He became very involved with the franchise upon his father's death. I can't tell you to what extent he may have been considering them uh, before Al passed away. Uh, To some extent, yes, I just I don't know the level of that and, and I don't like to speculate. And let me thank the thousands of Raider concessionaires that work hard every game. They're in there doing it. They got to deal with drunks. They got to deal with us. I want to thank them too. They're losing their jobs, parking lot attendants, every facet of what happens at a football game. The vendors, the suppliers, all those people are out of a job, folks. All those people are certainly hurting because of this move, but let me got, not get too far out of the blame game here. Many, many, many parts of the buffoonery of losing the Raiders belong to the city of Oakland. 
let's just get that straight right away. Now, the fans someday will get it. The fans will get it someday. If not the Raider fans, another team fan base, what I, I would hope, would learn the lesson that the Raiders, the Rams, and the Chargers have learned. The lesson of if we stick together as a fan base completely and show the league that we're not willing to lose our franchise by boycotting an entire season or a couple of games by not even going, you know, if you can put that kind of pressure on the NFL, then things will change. Then you'll keep your team. But until the fans who ultimately pay stand up and say, is enough is enough, well, that ain't going to happen. And let this be a lesson to any fan group out there that thinks that their team is safe. I'm talking about every single bunch of fans. You ain't safe if there's money involved. Trust me. We're a prime example. So on that note, uh, there's many takes from, you know, Greg Papa, Tim Brown, uh, Tom Flores. But I'll tell you the thing that bugs me most about this move, and not most really, just bugs me, is watching Coach Del Rio going through it, man. Let me tell you, not only the players, but mainly our coach is is suffering the seven stages of loss. Our coach's family is suffering those losses as well. From a guy who grew up in Oakland, you could see when they were talking to him about it, his eyes were bloodshot and full of tears, man. There's mixed emotions with it, you know, but I, I, I think we have some real diehards. I think, uh, I think, you know, we draw globally and... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some people that are angry and, and won't or can't get over it, and um, that's understandable. But I think there's a there's a large group that are true Raider fans, and it's not really it really doesn't matter to them you know, where we're playing. Del Rio was also asked about changes the team might have to make to deal with Las Vegas's 24-hour culture. He acknowledged there probably will be some changes, but say they won't be any different than when they go to New York or New Orleans. Reporting in Phoenix, Brian Callahan, 13 Action News. He could not really express what he wanted to, but you could see it in his face. And I love Del Rio just for that. That fact that he loves Oakland, he wanted to stay in Oakland, and if he had anything to say about it, they would still be here. So kudos to him. I mean, he had to strap it on and, and, and tow the company line, but you could see that that man was suffering. And, you know, our hearts got to go out to him and his family for this move as well, as the, as the rest of us and the ball boys and all the people who worked at the facility, <laughs> the janitors, everybody's out of work here in California. You were with the team when it moved from L.A. to Oakland. How much of that kind of harmed the, I mean, just, just the moving. I'm just talking about just, just the relocation, just the kind of discombobulated feel you get. And this obviously will be a big-time one because there's going to be a delay in the actual move. How difficult was that? It, it does pose difficulties. And look, I like to keep difficulties in perspective. These aren't difficulties of, of a life or death or, or a... Um, Sports world difficulties. Right, right. It's business difficulties, sports world difficulties, not true life difficulties. But within that context, they are difficulties. And this is something I spoke to last year on CBS Sports, which is 
I think Jack Del Rio did a magnificent job managing the difficulties that have arisen in that regard over the last few years. Look, the team committed tremendous, tremendous um, resources, economic and otherwise, towards pursuing the Los Angeles opportunity. And when that dream was dashed, immediately turned those resources towards the Las Vegas opportunity. And yet Del Rio led not just the football team, but the organization as a whole through those difficulties. And I think he did an exceptional job navigating them. He's going to have to do the same thing in the next few years. As, as you noted, um, I wasn't with the team when Al moved it from Oakland to LA, but I was with the team when Al opted to move it from Los Angeles back to Oakland. And I know firsthand the additional difficulties on an organization that imposes. The mm -hmm. first year playing games in Oakland in 1995, all of our games were road trips because the decision to relocate was made so late in the football calendar year that we did stay in Los Angeles while playing in Oakland. How hard, but, you how know, hard, how hard was that? You know, it, that was difficult, um, but if I may, I'll, I'll sort of delve into a different difficulty. You've got an organization full of not only players and coaches, but front office staff, some of whom will be presumably, and I, I, I'm going to say this is the way it works around the league as a whole, so I'm extrapolating, if you will, to the Raiders. And by the way, having been through this with them uh, back in the 90s, I have some insight, but as a general rule, some staff are going to be asked or offered the opportunity to relocate with the team. And those individuals are going to have to decide, do we move with the team and pursue our careers? Do we yank our kids out of school? What about if we have spouses who have other jobs, careers? And there are going to be some staff who are told, you know what, thank you, um, but there's no place for you as we move forward. And so on top of all the player issues and the coaches issues you've got all those organizational issues and then atop the list you have heartbroken fans mm -hmm. they're gonna put people to work in vegas and good for them but you know that's that's part of the loss situation here uh for our team and our city the city of oakland uh what a bummer so we're gonna play some of the takes from these guys and you can hear from them What's up? And, uh, well, here it goes. Pro Bowl quarterback Rich Gannon joins us on the Afternoon Delight with Pop and Vontae here on 95.7 The Game. A lot of mixed emotions uh, with, the, with the announcement yesterday, but, you know, I'm excited for this organization and they're headed. Um, I think you got arguably the best young quarterback in the game today, and Derek Carr. They've got a good young supporting cast around them, a good offensive line, some good receivers. I think they'll continue to address the running back position. But look, the, the, the bottom line is is that the, the stadium situation was most most likely the worst in football. You know, I think when you look at what's out there on the horizon in terms of a new stadium, new facility, uh, this is this is good for Raider fans. I mean, this is a chance to have a state of the art facility and. Uh, in, in today's NFL with free agency, it's a big part of the equation, bringing players in, showing them your, your stadium, your facilities, in terms of recruiting the players that would, would come sign eventually with the, with the Oakland Raiders. And I know it's a disappointing time for the season ticket holders and for, for Raider fans that the team is, is moving, but it's still the Raiders. I mean, it's still the silver and black, and it's still a team that has a great commitment to trying to win world championships. I think if you're a true Raider fan, you have to be disappointed. But at the same time, 
you're still a Raider fan, regardless of where they play. If it's in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, if it's in Las Vegas against the Chiefs, it's still your football team. And I know that for me and for my wife, Shelly, um, that's how we feel about it. I mean, you know, and uh, we're excited to, to continue to see that the, this team evolve under Jack Del Rio. I think Jack has done a terrific job changing the culture and the environment and bringing in some tough-minded players that their legacy is going to be to turn this thing around a lot like, you know, John Gruden and myself and, and some other players did back in the late 90s and the early part of 2000s. Without question, it's very similar. But these guys are young, Rich. You guys were, were older guys that uh, Bruce Allen and Al brought in and just able to put it together through free agency. A lot of the, the Raiders now are just in their early and, and mid-20s. So what environment do you expect to walk into? Will it be like the black hole is always as daunting as ever for the opponents? Or will there be just a different vibe this year that they are in this lame duck status in Oakland? Well, I hope not. I would think that Raider fans would be loyal. Look, you can't, it's not the players. You can't blame the players, the coaching staff. And this is not a decision that they made. These are just the players that want to go out and try and win a championship. And so I think the loyal fans will come out and support the team, especially if the team continues to build on what they did last year. And I would anticipate that happening. Look, you know, I can't say enough good things about Derek Carr. I said this you know, early and early on when I saw him that first year playing with a, behind a, disheveled offensive line, no running game, no receivers. This kid just stood in there and made play after play. And, you know, he's been through a lot of change around him. But he, you know, I you look at that class that came out, Pop, and it's, it's you know, you look at Blake Bortles, you look at Johnny Manziel, you look at Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, and they're all first-round picks. I mean, it's not even close. Who 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 got the best? quarterback in that draft and it's it's Derek Carr and he's going to be a good player for a long time I know he's well on his way to rehabbing and and uh I just think that in this today's game if you don't have the trigger it's just so hard to win and the best thing about the Raiders now you know they haven't had a quarterback really since I was there in 2002 and now they've you know the last couple years they have that they have the, the quarterback that can take them to a championship Rich, you mentioned earlier how you played in Kansas City and they sold out preseason games. I'm guessing they also did that in Minnesota when you were a Viking because they're crazy about their football. And I'm going to ask this. If the Raiders happen to get off to a slow start next season, moving to Las Vegas, and they're saying you're not winning either, how ugly could that situation get for the players on the field and for Mark Davis in the suite? I don't know that it can get any uglier than it has in years past. I mean, I I, remember where – you know, there were some lean years there in 2005 and six and seven and eight and nine. You know, and then there were some. You know, there was there were some bluebirds, and there and they should have been. I mean, the product on the field isn't good. These fans pay their good hard-earned money. They have an they have an opinion. They 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 you know they're they're uh, they're certainly capable of expressing it. And so, you know, but I don't anticipate that. I you know, I, as long as you're out playing hard, you're competing. And, you know, you're trying to do, do your best to win. I think that the Raider Nation is going to continue to support this team. I, you know, there's been so much talk and speculation about on Twitter, on social media, about, oh, you know, how's this going to affect the, the, the Raiders? I mean, look, the Raider Nation traveled to Los Angeles for years to support that team. And the great thing about the Raider fan base, it's all over the place. There's a lot of Raider fans that come from the state of New York and New York City. And there's a lot of fans in, in, in the southern part of Los, uh, California. And there's a lot of Raider fans in, in Vegas. And a lot of Raider fans in, in northern California and also up in into Seattle area. 
the Pacific Northwest. I just, I can't imagine that all these Raider fans are all of a sudden going to go away because the Raiders have decided to, you know, build a, a stadium and move the team to Oakland. In, in fairness to Mark Davis, I'll say this. I believe that he exercised every possible scenario to get something done in Oakland. I don't think there was some plan in place to find the best deal and just make it happen. Here's, here's a guy that lives in the, in the Bay Area. He grew up in the Bay Area. He loves Oakland. And he wanted to keep the team in Oakland. And it just wasn't feasible. And so what do you want him to do? Do you have to find a way to stay competitive in the NFL? You look at the money that some of these owners have and the facilities and the stadiums. And quite frankly, the Raider Nation deserves better than what we had at the Coliseum. It just wasn't good enough. We got Marquette King on the radio. Uh, a lot of Raider fans are pretty emotional right now because they love you and they want to see a Super Bowl in Oakland, relocation. When you got the reaction first off, how did you get the news and how did you feel right after it? Well, it was like two days ago, I think. I'm filming for ESPN E60. I see my TV talking about the Raiders moving to Vegas and I go down to the garage because we're about to roll somewhere so we can shoot some more film. And all of a sudden, the guy that was parked behind my car was like, all right, the Raiders are moving. I was like, the Raiders moving where? And at first he said, L.A. I was like, L.A.? Oh, man. And then he said, uh, oh, I'm at Las Vegas. I was like, stop playing. It's like, oh, I'm for real. We moved, they're moving to uh, Vegas. It's like, wow. So, I mean, it definitely brought a, some different kind of emotions in there. I mean, it's weird. It's definitely weird. I can't see myself in Vegas right now because I've never played in Vegas before, but it's different. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's tough to uh, digest all this information. When you look at this team and the fans that are making decisions to come out and support you this upcoming season, what is your message to the fans? Because you aren't making the decision of relocation down the road. Uh, you're going to play for this team and you want to win a Super Bowl. What would you like to say to the fans right now who are on edge and are making decisions in the future about coming to see you play in Oakland? Uh, well, I got this thing, um, kind of like how I look at myself when it comes to people criticizing who I am as a person and who and the way I dress up before I play and stuff and the dancing I do. I got a saying where you either rock with me or you don't, and you move on. Uh, control what you can control, and at the end of the day, we're all Raider fans. Uh, we're all trying to accomplish one goal, which is get a Super Bowl, and um, rock with it. And if you don't, if you don't choose to rock with it, don't be negative. Just move on, you know. And I know it's tough, especially for the people that are Raider fans, because the Raiders were in Oakland, and it represents. It basically. I mean, people support it because it was Oakland, and that's their hometown. But, I mean, I don't know. Just stay positive and keep trying to support us. Awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for calling in, and we're always here for you. I really appreciate talking to you. I'll see you soon. Hey, JT. You hold it down, my brother. You got it, my brother. Take care. Marquette King. Uh, great guy. Great guy. I'm really happy for his success. And he is a celebrity football player, and he embraces that. I love everything about him. The stronger a brand is, the better it travels. They always say that in sports, like build a good defense because defenses travel. Offenses, sometimes you can't audible in a stadium as well on the road, but defenses travel. The Raiders have a very unique sports brand. 
The Dallas Cowboys do, too. Cowboys, until last year, were irrelevant for 15 years, but still the best television draw. The Raiders have a very unique sports brand. It travels well. It's like Starbucks. Starbucks works in Beijing, and Starbucks works in Boise. Line around the block both places. Nike works in Madrid, and Nike works in Maine. It doesn't matter where in the West the Raiders play. Las Vegas is a Raider town. Used to live there, still is. L.A., more than the Rams, is a Raiders town. And Oakland is a Raiders town. The Raiders brand travels very well. In L.A. and Oakland and Vegas, equally dynamic as a team. The problem, though, with the Raiders is that the stadium they were in in Oakland is a revenue-sucking machine. And the stadium in Las Vegas will be a revenue-producing machine. Let me ask you. Think about all of you in this country. How many of you have moved? I live in Los Angeles. I'm surrounded by New York Giants, New England Patriots, and Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Well, you moved away from your team. Do you like them less? What's the difference if the team moves from you? Colin, I want to go to those games. Really? Then why is the upper deck in Oakland tarped off? Let me ask you this. 18 million people last year went to an actual NFL game. Our country has 310 million people. 18 million people went to a game last year. And that's overstated because most are season ticket holders. So it's probably closer to half that nine. Nine, 10 million of you went to a game. 111 million of you watched the Super Bowl. And 41 million of you play fantasy football. The NFL's become a television sport, not a be-there sport. College football's a be-there sport. Hockey is a be-there sport. In 2017, Red Zone, DirecTV, five different networks, watch it on your phone, play fantasy football. Stadiums in the NFL are trying to figure out gimmicks to keep fans at the game because it's become such a great TV product. If you're a Raider fan, what do you give a rip where they play? You want them in the most dynamic place possible that they can create the most revenue and attract the most free agents and players. Well, that's way more Vegas than Oakland. Oakland's got 13% taxes. Vegas has zero state tax. Free agents, their agents, look at that. The stadium in Oakland, revenue sucking. The stadium in Vegas, revenue producing. Translation, this team's going to make a lot more money and be able to overspend. Yeah, I know there's a salary cap, but you can still guarantee a lot of money that doesn't count toward your salary cap. That's all you should care about. But look around the sports world. Who's the hot team in the NBA? The Golden State Warriors. You do know they were once the Philadelphia Warriors. And the Lakers? Yeah, they're from Minneapolis. And the Clippers started in Buffalo. And the Pistons started in Fort Wayne. Look at how many teams have moved. Are you less of a fan? All you should care about is how can we be viable on the free agent market? Are we an attractive place? Are we an attractive place for coaches, scouts, and administrators to live? Ask yourself. If you want to hire the best scout and he's got three girls, he can buy a lot nicer home in Las Vegas than Oakland. It's much easier to sell his wife, let's go work for the Raiders, for $800,000, we can get a pool and a sauna and 4,800 square feet. 
in Oakland, honey, we're going to have to um, rent small apartment. That's all you should care about. Don't worry about, uh, honestly, having lived out west and been born out west, Vegas, Oakland, and L.A., they're all Raider towns. But I won't be able to go to the games. Look at the numbers. Most people don't go to the games anyway. I could argue you're better served watching at home, saving money, and hanging out with your son or your daughter. But when I go to Starbucks, I don't care where it's based. Is my coffee good? If you're a Raider fan, do you care where they're at? What you should care about is, are they dynamic? This country has mobility. We've all moved away from our teams. I don't like the Seahawks any less. I'm now the furthest point you could be from the Patriots. I don't watch them any less. I, when I, it's interesting because um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he's a big New York Yankee fan. Big, big New York Yankee fan. And I, I said to him, and he lived in Connecticut. And he's like, oh, these winners are brutal in Connecticut. And I remember telling this person, I said, well, why don't you, you want sunshine? I said, well, why don't you move to Florida? And he's like, I don't And I'm like, you do get in 2015, it was two years ago, you can live anywhere. You can get all the Yankee games on Yes. You can get them on Sirius XM. You can get the New York Times. Tyler Kepner's the beat reporter you get every day. You can live anywhere for your team now. And conversely, your team can be anywhere. So this idea that, oh, this is terrible. Ask yourself this. The other bad take by the media is this is just about greed. No, what it's about is the NFL doesn't want teams at a massive financial disadvantage. The Chargers and the Raiders were at a massive disadvantage. Game day stadium revenue disadvantage. The Chargers won't be eventually in L.A. And the Raiders won't be eventually in Las Vegas. The NFL is a business. It's just like if you owned Subway or Pizza Hut. What you want is every one of your franchises to be reasonably viable. I just saw uh, uh, one of those big clothiers just closed about 30 stores. Could have been JCPenney, may have been Sears. Which ones did they close? The low revenue producers. They want to tighten up their spreadsheet. The NFL just wants to tighten up its spreadsheet. Oakland, San Diego politicians wouldn't build new stadiums. As the league has grown, they were revenue suckers. And the NFL's like, we don't want to have two or three teams at the bottom that just can't compete financially. It's not about greed. It's about good business. So if you're going to have the vibrant Cowboys and the vibrant New York Giants and the economically vibrant Pittsburgh Steelers, what you don't want is a franchise in Oakland that can't make any money out of their stadium. Vegas is going to make a fortune. So we are going back in time a little bit to get a sense of perspective on uh, what happened then, what is going to happen now. And we do want to bring in a guy who was right in the middle of all of that. Uh, the Raiders in Oakland, the Raiders moving to L.A., won a Super Bowl with the Raiders in Oakland, won a Super Bowl with the Raiders in L.A. as the Los Angeles Raiders. Our good friend Matt Millen joins us from uh, Pennsylvania on the Afternoon Delight with Pop and Vontae here on 95.7 The Game. I want to get your thoughts about Vegas in a moment, Matt, but just go back and talk about when Al uh, moved the team after the 81 year and you had that strike year in 82 and you were based in Oakland flying to L.A. to play games. Just uh, how difficult was that on the franchise when Al moved the team originally back in the 80s? Well, it wasn't, Greg, it wasn't easy. But you know what it was? It was our normal. 
so that that's what it became. So that's just the way the Raiders of 1981 and 82 played. And so, you know, you you uh, practiced up in Oakland. You flew down to L.A. It was like a it was like a uh, an away game every weekend. So how how do they do this, Matt? And you know the Raider Nation and the Black Hole as well as anybody. How do you think this this goes? We're reading a lot of backlash from columnists and uh, politicos in the East Bay. They just get out of here now. We don't want you anymore. How, how do they conduct business right now as one of the best teams in the NFL with this lame duck status that they're going to be here one, two, maybe three more years? Yeah, and so we did that. We did that in Oakland in uh, eighteen eighty one. And what happened was initially there was a backlash, and you know they all the things that are going on now happened then. But here's the bottom line: that's a good football team, and un, I mean, fortunately, Oakland is a football town. That is what it is. They love their football, and they have that little bit of chip on their shoulder and that little "we're not as good as you" kind of thing going, and. That's always served that community well, and it's, it's always served that football team well. My gut is that that will prevail, and is when the when the Raiders when the Raiders start playing this year and start winning, they're going to show up. You know, Raider fans are Raider fans; they're going to show up. They may not be happy about it, you know, but hey, that's three years away. Let's win a world championship this year. Uh, that's what I really think will happen. Well, it'd be amazing. No team, as we know, several have gone back to back. Uh, but no one's ever won three in a row. Can you imagine if they win three in a row? They're, they're fully capable, uh, man. I know the Patriots had a great off season, and they were by far the most solid team in the NFL last year. But the Raiders got a shot this year, don't they? Yeah, they really do. They have a chance, and you know they have to. Obviously, all the other things that we say every year, they have to stay healthy. Some guys have to play well, and all those things can happen. And um, and you can watch them get better. I mean, we've watched that for the last few years. Uh, I don't believe that this becomes a huge distraction uh, in the locker room. I think it becomes a distraction in the newspapers. And for, and I remember, uh, you know, however many years ago, that 35 years ago when that was going on, that we just were like, after a while, just like, just give it a rest. Who cares? Yeah. Nobody cares. Let's just win. And that's uh, that was the prevailing thought. The great Jim Plunkett, the Heisman Trophy winner and two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback of your Raiders, joins us on the Afternoon Delight with Papa and Bonte on 95.7 The Game. James, how are you? I'm good, Papa. How are you doing? Well, I think we're all trying to process the news of yesterday, and we knew it was coming, obviously. But uh, just just give me your thoughts when you found out, and more so in the uh, earlier days and weeks and months when we kind of knew that this Vegas thing was going to become a reality, James. Well, you know, I wasn't so sure, you know, after Adelson uh, stepped out uh, of the process and uh, the company that was backing them, I forgot who that was, but uh, also stepped away. You know, I thought, you know, maybe things might not work out. And then I guess Wells Fargo stepped in and was going to provide some of the money that uh, to help build uh, the stadium uh, in Vegas along with uh, the city taxes. Uh, you know, it can't be more realistic that, you know, it, this is actually going to happen. But, you know, it's been a long, hard road here in Oakland and the Bay Area for the Raiders, you know, starting with Mr. Davis when he wanted to build a Hall of Fame building, a new stadium here in the Oakland area, you know, and time after time, just, you know, not being able to get that accomplished. And, you know, through, you know, and I don't know if it's anybody's fault, but, you know, uh, Oakland is a depressed area, not a lot of money to spend on, 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 you know, a football stadium. Uh, and, you know, and I think the Raiders deserve a new stadium. They're only 
baseball football stadium left. Uh, the stadium is in disrepair. And, you know, if they can't play, you know, in Oakland, you know, they still need to have that new venue to be compete with the rest of the league who, you know, I travel with the Raiders during the season. And there's beautiful venues that you go and, and watch a, a game in, and, and the Raiders deserve that. Well, right now with San Diego moving into a new stadium, and I know it's just a tiny place, you know, 30,000 or less in, right. in, in Carson, this has got to be the the worst stadium right now in the NFL. So they, they've got to address it, Jim. But uh, take me back when, when you were there with the Raiders. You won the first Super Bowl, your first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 15 after the 80 year. And then Al starts talking about moving to, to L.A., what it was like for the players. And then you're, you're close to ownership. You're not only close to Al and Carol Davis, but obviously Mark. Uh, and since Al's passing, and do you ever feel as though even when Al came back and they were down in L.A. for 13 years, when they came back in 95, I still didn't feel like it was resolved between Al and Oakland. And we just had this unsettled feeling even when they've been back for the last 22 years, Jim. Oh, no, I, I agree to that. You know, uh, you know, Al so desperately wanted a new stadium for his players. And for his fans who are, are loyal to the, to the core, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, nothing was progressing. You know, the A's were the main tenant in the, in the building. Uh, and it, it seemed like the Raiders didn't have much say in what was going on. And that's unfortunate. And the consequence is that, you know, the Oakland city of Oakland is going to lose the Raiders now to Las Vegas. And, you know, that being said, uh, when all that stuff was going on, you know, Al did his best to keep, the players away from the controversy as much as possible. You know, Al did his very best for the players to concentrate on football, and he'll take care of the rest. So, uh, I know you're, you're you're close with ownership, as we mentioned, and you're obviously close with Mr. Davis right until the day he died. Uh, and you've been to Al's parties. Uh, I was at the 75th birthday party he had in July, July the 4th right. of uh, 2004's birthday party. He loved Las Vegas. Do you think a veil was presented, if he were alive today, Jim, and the same deal was presented to him as Mark, do you think he would do the same thing and move the Raiders to Vegas? You know, I think he would have no choice. If it can't get done here in the Bay Area in Oakland, uh, you know, what choice does he have? You know, they're, they're going to provide a, a new stadium, a new venue for the fans to enjoy, to watch a game in, in comfort, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, the Raiders will provide that excitement once again on the field as they did this past year. Uh, you know, you, you literally have no choice but, to, you know, to go where the best opportunity for you and your football team is. Jim, what was it like when you were playing, when the Raiders made that move from Oakland to L.A., and Al was in court constantly with Pete Rozelle trying to get his stadium, trying to get the Hollywood Park deal. He even threw a bluff out about Irwindale. Uh, what was it like playing for the organization during that t- tumultuous time? Well, you know, when we first moved down there, we were still a pretty good football team, and, and we, we were accepted down in the L.A. area initially as a new franchise. Uh, you know, they, they came to the football games, you know, we had 92,000 people. We filled that place on a few occasions and, you know, they were behind us hundred percent at that time. And then the Raiders got, you know, started not to win as much as they had been. And, and, uh, you know, the fan enthusiasm died down quite a bit, but, you know, for us as players early on in that transition, that move down to LA, it was pretty exciting time. All right, James, if you were to give Derek Carr, any advice as the quarterback and, and leader of the football team? And I, this is, you know, L.A. is L.A., and we just had Matt Millen on, and he said it was hard. He thought you guys would have won more in L.A., but you were, maybe not you specifically, but you, your teammates were distracted 
by you know all the distractions that LA can bring, and, and Vegas right. is different than LA. But Davis, uh, Vegas has a whole different set of distractions. What, what advice would you give Derek to lead this football team for now, while they're in this lame duck status as the Oakland Raiders, and when how they prepare and how they become the Las Vegas Raiders, Jim? You know, for my advice to Derek, you know, knowing Derek uh, and the kind of person he is, I don't think uh, the distractions are going to affect him too much. But, you know, young players are coming to the league for the first time, having money in their pockets for the first time. You know, these distractions are enormous. You know, you're invited here, you're invited there. In L.A., you had the touch of Hollywood and, and the movie industry and other sports franchises uh, that were very, very big at the time. And then you go to Las Vegas and there are nightclubs and, and uh, plays that go on. And, uh, it, you know, it's just a very eclectic city and there's always something going on. Uh, and for young players, you know, guys have a lot of testosterone when they come out of college. And, uh, you know, it, and they're easily distracted. You know, you, you practice, you play hard, and, and you want to continue that sometimes a little past midnight. And, uh, but, you know, hopefully Derek can talk to his teammates and, and you know, encourage them to, you know, to focus on, on the game of football and, and try to net, not let the distractions get to him too much. You know, it's going to inevitably happen. It, you know, it doesn't matter what city you're in. You know, things distract players at, t- at one time or another. Uh, but if they can keep it to a minimum, concentrate on football and what their job is, uh, I think they can continue to improve on, on what happened this past year. From the football side, and we talked about the distractions, but I, I'm more wondering about the, the home field advantage or disadvantage or... Uh, <laughs> Just, well, not, just you know, not having it anymore, leaving the black hole, Jim, and going to such a transient city like Las Vegas. Can they uh, Can they win there? Uh, you know, I, I think they personally can't. Sure, home is home, no matter where it is, whether it be in Oakland or, or whether it be in the— in Las Vegas, so that's your home, and and those 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 fans will come initially, and they will they will you know set up their own black hole or whatever they might call it in Vegas. Uh, the, the only thing that scares me is you know they go down there, they win, they're successful. Uh, hotels will have junkets, they'll have uh, you know rates, they'll you know they'll do everything to bring in these fans, and a lot of fans will come. But what scares me is if they go into it uh, to a dry spell and and they do not win for a number of years uh, as happened obviously over the last uh, previous, you know, 13, 14 years until this past season. And that's what scares me. Then, you know, to pay that money to fly on a plane, to drive four hours to a game, uh, you know, that might dissipate, that might go away because they're not going to spend all that money to go see a losing team. So it behooves the Raiders to, you know, uh, do the best possible job and, you know, getting the players to put the best team on the field that they possibly can and continue their winning ways. Jim, so give me your thoughts, not only as a former Raider, but a guy who grew up here in the Bay Area. And I made the point earlier, uh, Coach Flores, obviously, from the Central Valley, and you were born in the South Bay. Just give me your your thoughts on, you know, growing up here and seeing the Raiders when you went on to Stanford and just what this means for the community to, to lose this football team. Well, you know, I think it's a big blow. You know, the Raider fans have been, you know, some of the best fans or are the best fans the entire NFL. I don't think there's any question about that. They're loyal. They're, you know, they're blue collar. They show up, uh, uh, you know, week after week, even when the team was losing. Uh, and, and, you know, they're part of the thing that makes the Raiders the Raiders. I don't think there's any question about it. And my, my, 
personal thoughts, and I've told Mark Davis this, that, you know, you know, the Raiders belong in the Bay Area. If it's not Oakland, it's, it's somewhere close by. But that being said, if they can't get a new stadium done, uh, they don't get a lot of the revenue that goes with, you know, owning a stadium that they would get in Las Vegas. And, you know, that's all part of it. Money's part of it. Though. You know, you got to pay a lot of money to these players, and you got to ge- generate revenue. And, I, you know, I hate to see him go. This is part of my life growing up, as you mentioned. First the 49ers and the Raiders coming to be and watch Coach Flores play. And then he was my coach years later. Uh, you know, it has a lot of sentimental feelings for me for the Raiders to, to not be here. But, you know, if they can't get it done here, uh, they've got to take whatever opportunity they can get. Everybody, Tim Kawakami here with a special TK Show episode. Former CEO of the Raiders. Author. CBS commentator, future president of the United States. Everybody, it's Amy Trask. Amy, good to have you on. How are you doing today? Tim, I'm doing well. It is always my privilege and pleasure to join you. I love our chit-chats, but ixnay on the president thing, friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were in there for, for you know, some of the initial discussions about what the Raiders were going to do for a stadium, and now someone who's watching uh, as this has happened. Any aspect of this seem odd to you, or was this the way this might have inevitably had to happen? Well, it certainly um, is momentous, but it does feel a bit surreal to consider the team leaving the Oakland area and moving to Las Vegas. But I don't believe this is surprising. Um, The team has requested two times in the past year or so approval from the league to move. So, we know that the resources and the energy were committed to relocating. So in that regard, not a surprise. When you were there uh, with Al, uh, how much focus did he really have on, on that new stadium idea? Or, or was at, at, at some point, was he just not going to focus that much on it and his attention was going to be on the football team? Uh, it really depends on the time frame um, of which you speak, Tim. There was a time when he was focused on it in the waning years of his life. Uh, his attention was elsewhere. And in those waning years of his life, he shared with me as we discussed the topic, certainly a recognition that there needed to be a stadium in the team's future. But as to whether that would be in Oakland or elsewhere was a decision he wanted to leave to his son. We've talked about this before, and, and you've mentioned Levi Stadium. Did, did you ever really get close to, to have, trying to hammer out a deal to, to get into that Levi Stadium with the 49ers? Well, we certainly didn't get close to a deal, but we certainly had very, very substantive, detailed, thorough discussions. And for a number of reasons, I believe that Levi Stadium posed a terrific alternative Something else to remember is that when I was having those discussions with the 49ers, that was before the precise location of the stadium had been identified. So we would have had a role in collaborating with the 49ers and deciding where to place the stadium. Mm. And of course, when I was having those discussions, the stadium had not yet been designed and we would have had a role in the stadium design. So it wouldn't have had the feel of a 49er stadium in which the Raiders were playing. Look, the Jets and the Giants designed that stadium together. Like it or not, it was a collaborative effort, and that's what we would have done. One stadium in a region makes a lot of sense if one only looks at it from purposes of an environmental perspective. 
But, you know, ultimately, there was a lot of pushback. You know, we don't want the Raiders to leave Oakland and go down and join the 49ers. But wouldn't you rather the Raiders remain in the Bay Area Mm -hmm. than perhaps leave entirely? It's it's a balancing. Yeah. What what do you think they need to say to fans? Is there a message that Mark Davis and his management team need to to, to throw out there to Oakland fans, Bay Area fans, the fans who, who did not want them to leave, or, you know, they're going to still be around, but what, what's the communication going to have to be like from, a, from the top of a franchise to their fans when something like this happens? Well, they've already communicated two things from a business perspective. One, I think, is magnificent, and the other I, I find troubling. But my understanding is that the team offered those who have already made deposits on season tickets for next year, who may no longer wish to purchase them because of the impending move, a full refund. And you know what? Good for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's magnificent. I think it's the right thing to do, and I give them all the credit in the world for so doing. On the flip side of that, a bit tone deaf, maybe a better expression is insensitive to immediately blast season ticket holders with put your deposit down now for seats in Las Vegas. That's just, you know, I know we don't often talk in business of that something not being nice. Mm-hmm. That wasn't nice. Yep. yep. It was a little jarring, that's for sure, uh, yeah. in, in the middle of all this. Do you think it's a good deal for the Raiders, just financially? Um. I think it has the opportunity to be a very good deal. What do we know about economic downturns? The first thing to go is disposable income. We also know that economic downturns happen from time to time. So, you know, while the economy is doing well and people have ample ability to um, spend whatever it is they choose to spend on travel or entertainment, then this has the opportunity of working very well. But if this country or the world stumbles economically in a significant manner, meaning either by a significant percentage or a significant percentage of t- amount of time, query whether people are going to spend disposable income, if they even have disposable income, to travel to Las Vegas and to attend games. You know, the other question is the strength of that business market. And again, that in turn, just, you know, look, when you think disposable income, you kind of think Las Vegas, right? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> it's kind of the def- definition of it. Definition right. of so, it. So, you know, I think, um, I, I think it has the opportunity to work out well financially for the team. And I also think there's a possibility it won't. I've written about this, and I truly do believe that Jerry Jones probably was the key guy in this just to, to backboard the whole thing and maybe guide Mark Davis to Las Vegas. Do, is there any worrying about that, that Jerry's have has such a strong role in so many of these different relocations, so many of these different stadiums, and, and maybe guided the Raiders out of Oakland uh, as kind of the, the capstone of it? Well, you know, I've heard different things from different people. Um, you know, some people have raised an eyebrow or raised a concern. Others are not concerned in the slightest. And I will say this about Jerry, having worked with him um, for many, many years behind those closed doors of owners' meetings. He is, to his credit, very forthright and transparent about his involvement and influence in the league. There are 32 owners, each of whom has the absolute right, legally and from a business standpoint, to involve himself as much as he wishes in the business of the league. Some owners wield more power than others. Most are happy or desire doing so in a very quiet or 
off the radar screen manner. Jerry's very transparent, very forthright, that he is involved in league business as a whole, and he's not at all hesitant to let people know that. So irrespective of whether people are bothered or not, and people are to differing degrees, one criticism that can't be leveled at Jerry is that he's doing this under the radar. And, and he was very close to Al, right? I mean, there's no question he, he discussed For a period that, of time. Yeah. For a period of time. Um, there were issues towards the end, mm-hmm. but for it, there, there was... Um, there were things that caused Al great consternation towards the end, but for a period of time, you're absolutely right. Do you think Al would have liked that Jerry's the one who who was kind of making this happen? I don't think he, you know, my, my supposition is Al would have looked at the substantive decision itself without regard to how it came to pass. Mm-hmm. I, I've written this also, that the, and, and you talked about it, how Al basically left this for Mark to do. Um did, did is is this something that Mark ha- you know th- this was the last thing that Al had kind of had left undone was that kind of the, understood in the franchise and that it was up to Mark to get this done? No, I don't think that was understood in the franchise at all. Those were discussions I had with Al. And look, I I, I hope that what I said didn't sound at all critical. It no, was not. No. It, it it wasn't a criticism or a complaint or or anything of the sort. But when one is um, confronting one's own mortality, and one knows one has limited years left, those are big, important decisions. And I appreciated and appreciate to this day how Al proceeded and the manner in which he communicated and his desires in that regard. So um, absolutely not a criticism whatsoever, just a just a fact. Yeah, and I, as I, I appreciated that he... He wanted the football team to win games. That was his whole life. That was what he concerned himself with. And that's what he put the money into. And we saw it. You know, there's no question about that. You know, you're absolutely right, Tim. And, you know, I'm often asked um, about some of the decisions Al made with respect to player personnel and football matters over those last, um, you know, half decade or so of his life. And what I share with people, and, you know, it's not by way of excuse, but simply explanation, um, he wanted to win. You said that beautifully, Tim. He wanted to win. And he didn't have the luxury of looking at that on a long-term basis. And to those who have criticized him for making decisions in those final years that did not set the team up for long-term success or stated differently caused some short-term problems, my response is, Who among us can state with any conviction that when we are confronting our own mortality, whether we're in our late 70s, as as Al was, as he was confronting this, or mid to late 70s, or any age whatsoever, if we know we're confronting our own mortality, long term is going to have a very, very different definition. We're all going to make, you know, I'm not going to speak for anyone else. Mm. My guess is I will make different decisions when I'm 70 or 80 or any age confronting my mortality than I would at 30 or 40 or 50 or even 60 or at any time in good health. So to those who have criticized Al for those decisions as that time frame was unfolding, I say, you know, let those of us who think we'll make the same decisions in that situation raise our hand. Yep. And that's as someone who was talking to Al during that time and asking him some questions that he didn't always love. I always respected the fact that it was coming from a true place. It was not hidden. It was and it was Al saying, this is what I'm doing because I want to win 
now. And I think there was great clarity in that. And it didn't work out, but there was great clarity in that. And I also understood from, from different people that he understood that things had to modernize, you know, in that team. He understood that there were things that, that he had done in the 70s and 80s that, that he couldn't continue to keep doing forever. And there was some, he wanted to try to modernize, but he also was Al Davis. And, and I respected that about Al. And I think maybe he knew I respected that about him. We went back and forth a few times, but I think he knew uh, that there, there was a purity in Al that I don't know that we've gotten in many other people in sports. And, well, I had a front row seat for some of those <laughs> back and forths. And, but, you know, you're 100% right, Tim. He is a four-time Super Bowl champion, and it's always a pleasure when we get the opportunity to catch up with him. Bill Romanowski with Joe Lowe and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Romo, good morning. Take us through your emotions when you heard the news yesterday that relocation was going forward and the Raiders would be moving to Las Vegas. Tell you the truth, guys, because I really think of this on the business side, and I want the Raiders to be one of the best teams, if not the best, year in and year out. The only way the Oakland Raiders, now eventually the Las Vegas Raiders, can be competitive is they need a stadium and they need the money to be able to do that. And getting a stadium done in Oakland was just too hard. And the fact that they got a situation and it's going to be approved, and it was approved yesterday, I was like, now Mark Davis can be competitive with the rest of the league and watch out when that happens. Bill, when you, when you say that this past season they won 12 games, and I know that's kind of a dump, that place over there, all the things that's going on, the sewer, all the different things that back up, the organization's trying to make strides. And there was a point there where Mark Davis, I don't know if you heard it yesterday, they asked him, Mark, when did you know it was over? And he said when he came back to town after they got shot down in L.A. and wasn't able to move, he said when he got back, sat down with the, sat down with the city council and all the people, the, the people, the movers and shakers. And a week later, they said, Mark, we're going to take your lease from 900000 to $3.5 million. He said at that point he knew it was over. Where did this thing go wrong? And why couldn't the city and Mark Davis find the common ground to make this happen, Billy? Why couldn't they? Yes. Because you were trying to squeeze blood out of a rock. There, there, there's no money here in Oakland for them to get this done. And also, they needed the Oakland A's to help them out a little bit. So what Mark wanted to do was both teams move out of the location where they are for two years, tear down that stadium with another one. Well, the A's didn't want to do it. So then that just leaves one other option. Build a stadium right next to it, and um, that's going to that's gonna wreck and be kind of a havoc because of all the construction. So... You know, half of the parking's going to be gone. It'll be a mess and a big disaster for all the fans. And, hey, Mark really loves the way that Oakland tailgates. They love, he loves that situation. You know, that parking lot, the whole Coliseum, all that area 
is electric on game day, and he didn't want to lose that. So at the end of the day, the you know, City didn't have the money to get this done, and I think now this is going to be the best thing for him. What do you think the reaction is going to be this upcoming season, Bill, of the Raider Nation who will go into the year knowing they have a good team but also knowing that the team's going to leave? Do you expect the mood to be different among Raider Nation in Oakland? You know what? I really don't. At the end of the day, it's about winning. And if they got a winning team and they're out there kicking other teams' asses week in and week out, everybody's going to want to be there. I know I'm going to want to be there. And, guys, how about just focusing on being present and being here in the now? You know, it's like I think about Jack Del Rio, the coaching staff, all these things. You know, and I saw Donald Penn, you know, on ESPN this morning. At the end of the day, Donald Penn may not ever play in Las Vegas. Jack Del Rio, if he doesn't win, may not be coaching the team in Las Vegas. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to kick ass, and he'll be the coach for probably another five years. But you never know in the NFL. Bill Romanowski with Joe Lowe and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Bill, imagine you're a young buck fresh out of Boston College and you're drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. You're moving to Las Vegas. How would you avoid some of the temptation that the city has to offer? Um, you know what? The temptation that's in Vegas is in every city. You know, if you got money and you're a decent-looking guy, Hey, it's there. And it doesn't matter where you are, what city, it is there. Fit all it those just descriptions, Bill. To be a, a little more prevalent there. But I was a focused young kid, and that wouldn't have affected me at all. If you're a Raider fan, and I know you, you are a Raider fan yourself, former player, but should Oakland stay there? Should the Raiders stay in Oakland one more year? Or should they vacate after this next season and just rip off the Band-Aid once and for all? You know, I think they ought to stay here the next two years. You know? I really do. You know, stay here, play it out. I think the Oakland Raider fans are going to stay Raider fans. And it just means they'll travel a little bit further the games. People will go. Uh, I think there'll be a mass exodus from this Northern California area to Vegas every weekend when they're playing at home there. Four-time Super Bowl champion Bill Romanowski with Joe Lowen Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Romo, we appreciate your insights today. Thank you for jumping on with us, and we look forward to doing it again soon. Awesome. Take care. Mark has been adamant about getting us a stadium you know and wanting to be here in, in Oakland but when that did not seem possible he had to go outside so it was like so we kept hearing about it for a long time so it's like a sigh of relief that okay it's over but dang the finality kind of hits like oh man we're just gonna be in Oakland for a little bit longer you know and so it's like Man, I, 
I'm, I'm going to miss Oakland, you know, and stuff like that. See, that part of it is tough, but the excitement of moving forward to, to getting a new stadium and what that can bring, it is, it is bittersweet, you know. But uh, I'm going to enjoy every day while I'm in Oakland, though, that's for sure. It's going down for It's time for the bone line. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Yeah, I said I'm stopping the show, but I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to call in so we can get everybody's opinion on the show over the last, I don't know, Randy, how long have you been doing this show? 12 seasons. A long doggone time. 400 and whatever what we got here. 44 shows, 84 shows. We're going to hit on that and more here on show 483. That's a heck of a lot of shows. So call in if you want. If you find this podcast one more time. I'd love to hear from all you guys. It is awesome. I want to say that. So uh, let's get to this. This this particular one's been uh, been stewing for a while. So I picked up a couple of phone calls because I haven't done a show in a while. So here we go. Our first one's very appropriate. My good brother, the happiest man in the world, Raider Steve from Vegas. What's happening, brother? Hey, Raider Greg. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. Season's over. Uh, man, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, the season was over when Derek Carr got hurt, so I've been kind of over it. I, I wasn't that bothered when we lost yesterday because I just kind of figured it was going to happen. I can't say the same for my family, who was distraught all day yesterday. I was okay with it because um, you know for a fact that we're on the rise. We will be Super Bowl contenders next year. Um, my concerns are that our team totally deflated and couldn't do anything once Carr was gone. That was defensively and that was offensively. Um, you know, that, that's a huge problem. I, but at the same time, you realize how important Derek Carr is and what a good player he is. Um, you know, McGoin and Cook, they don't have it. And, you know, Cook, I don't, I don't blame Cook, uh, but, you know, I was thinking, I bet that Carr in his rookie year, you know, when he first started, I'll bet he would have done a better job if he was a rookie. I'll bet he would have come in and done a better job than those two guys. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe I'm, you know, overthinking it, but I, I think Carr is just, he's such a, a good quarterback, man. He's definitely worthy of being the MVP this year. Um, changes in the offseason. I'm fine with Musgrave. I know you don't like it, but anytime you have the number five rushing offense and the number one passing offense, I think you got to keep them. And uh, that's just, I mean, that they did an amazing job. And I, I think the reason that they weren't able to continue that partly is because the playbook is too complicated for those guys to be able to execute it like Carr does. 
We definitely need to get a new defensive coordinator, and if we could get Wade Phillips, I'm on board, man. If we could get Wade Phillips, that'd be awesome. Um, that's probably just media fluff. Um, I can't see why the Broncos would let him go, even though I know they're getting a new HUD coach, but if the new head coach didn't like Wade Phillips, they're an idiot. Uh, anyway, I say bring him in. I mean, let's do this offseason, man. I do not want to see a Cowboys-Patriots Super Bowl because I'll have nobody to root for. I'm pretty sure the Patriots are going to be there, and I will root for whoever they're playing against. As long as it's not the Cowboys, then I might just hang myself. Anyway, Happy New Year. Go Raiders. We're in the Super Bowl next year. Write it down. I'm out. You know, it's funny you should say those things because this far down the line, it's interesting to see your take right after the season. Yeah, I wanted the Patriots to lose too, but as you know, they didn't. And we did lose our offensive coordinator for his assistant. And we kept our defensive coordinator, but gave him an assistant who turned into the assistant head coach. So there's things moving in the coaching ranks. We'll see, you know, our defensive coordinator might have one more season here. Uh, if he doesn't get it together next year. But, you know, a lot of that's players too. So we'll see what happens. I think we did really well in free agency so far. I think you should be happy with that too. Congratulations, Steve. I'm sure you're elated. And I'm sure you're going to get season tickets, bro. Congratulations to you and your family that are all Raider fans there in Vegas and are very happy that you're going to be able to drive and see games very easily. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller also, uh, just after we lost uh, (laughs) uh, our last game, my good brother, no, my good sister, Callie in the South, is in the house. What's up, girl? Don't be sad. Oh, Raider Nation. This is Callie in the South. They say there's no crying in football. But I'm crying. I, I had to wait a good hour after the game to call in, so I wasn't sobbing over the phone. Honestly thought we had this one. Even with everything that has happened, I honestly thought we had this. So i got to say a little something about the game. I think that Connor panicked first two quarters. He was panicking. He, he had protection, and he was throwing to the wrong players. He was throwing to the... Thrown to the boys in blue and red, Whoop, silver and black. And then he calmed down, and we should have stayed with the running game the whole time. We we started doing really really well, and the drop passes it, when it was right on the money, when it was right on the money. Crabtree, Amare, Washington, dropping passes. Seth, I mean, what the hell? Anyway, I'm going to be positive because I'm done crying. I cried all my tears. And there's next year. I'm really proud of Seth, Washington, Amare. (laughs) Yeah, still freaking loving the Raiders. Great season. Let's cheers to that, Raider Nation. Great fucking season. Oh, I'm sorry. Great season. Um... To next year, Kelly in the South, out. I love that take, girlfriend. Yeah, you know, Cook Cook looked as good as he possibly could for being right out of college. I mean, you got to give that kid a break. Um, McGloin is McGloin. 
is gone. And so, you know, that whole group is out. These receivers better get a cl- get a clue because Reggie McKinney ain't waiting for them to get their catch on, if you know what I mean. Uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of new hands in the bucket uh, this season. So, you know, congratulations to the Raiders. I think they played well. I am concerned, like Raider Steve said, about the team just deflating without Carr. They're going to have to stand up. If uh, he's hurt for a few games, they're going to have to realize and play harder. Uh, maybe they knew it was over, but uh, you can't lay down like that either. Thanks for the call, girlfriend. It's always good to hear your voice. And our next caller is Johnny Utah. What's up, brother? Hello, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Johnny Utah out of, you guessed it, Utah. And uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, you know, we should be happy with what we got and, and we did well. And, yeah, it, was, it sucked that uh, car went down and there were a chance of the Super Bowl. And I guess I'll be one of them because I'm just really happy that this season we were able to shut all the haters up. I mean, I've been a Raiders fan since I was four, so 40 years, and and uh, it's been a long time, and I just, it's been great being able to go into work, or people want to talk smack, and, and they just really can't say anything. You can't say anything when you've got a 12-4 and four season, and you've got a team like we've got, so, you know, just happy to be a Raiders fan, and I uh, love you guys, love the show, discovered it this year. And I'm uh, going to be a faithful listener. Um, God bless you and your family, and, and uh, you guys have a great day. Johnny Utah, out. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you, Johnny Utah. That's a great take, by the way. And you'll be able to drive to Vegas and see your Raiders, which is good for you. See, this is another guy who's going to benefit from the move. So, you know what? Raider Nation is everywhere. And... uh yeah, you know, I, I am satisfied with 12 wins because, I you know, it's a lot more than I thought, even at the beginning of the year. And I think that that's respected and respectable. And it, people shouldn't should shut their mouth for sure because uh, whoever their team is going to have to play the Raiders eventually, and they'll definitely have to shut their mouth then. Uh, if I think the team's going to be better, I do think they're going to be a lot better next year, uh, even with very little addition. So uh, take that, and that's good. So have a good time. Uh, get your tickets in. Get your deposit in for your seats if you want to see these these guys. I think they have an email to the Raiders. You can uh, put your 100 bucks and get a deposit. So check it out, bro. And our next caller is Raider Jakes from Windy and Freezing Cold, Montana. Hello, Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Jakes, calling in from the wind snap, the wind, uh, whatever the hell you want to call it, the wind, the windy, cold Montana prairie. What's going on, Raider Greg? You don't put out a pocket anymore. Man, man, I'm worried we're heading in the right direction. Man, so why can't you just, can you get a podcast out there? I know, I know the Raiders don't like you on the sidelines anymore. I can appreciate that. But, man, we need our Raider Nation podcast. So just go ahead 
and just put one out there. Please, please, man, for us Raider fans out in the boondocks. We love our Raiders, and God damn it, excuse uh, my French. I just hope we could just stay open for all the fans that have been Raider fans for all these years, but who knows what the hell is going to happen. So just uh, please, Raider, Greg, put a podcast out there, okay? Thank you. Well, it took me a while to listen to that one. And let me just say, uh, I am sorry, Raider Jakes, for not letting you know I wasn't going to be doing them for a while. I probably should have done that. And that's kind of a bad thing to do. So I apologize totally. But, you know, this whole move thing and the whole, I just felt it in my gut. We were moving and it was hard for me to do any shows. It was hard for me to get over the fact that I wasn't sure where I was going to be or they were going to be, whatever you want to call it. But I could not get up the the will. Because it takes a lot of will to do this show, man. I'm telling you. It may not seem like it, but trust me, it does. So I apologize for that. And here's the show. I hope you enjoy it. I don't know how many more are going to be coming out. But I hope you enjoy the little ones I got left in me. Um, and we'll just see how we go forward from here, bro. So thank you for, for you know, wanting to hear our show so bad. <laughs> Makes me feel really bad, brother. But, uh, well, I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm glad you guys who listen enjoy it. Uh, it's been a joy for us. Heck, man, I'm going to get into a roll here. So don't let me start now. I'm going to do this at the end. So let's listen to the next call. I'm sorry, bro. Thanks for calling. You can call in again. Matter of fact, I hope you do. And our next caller is the West Side Pirate. He's on the line. What is up, my brother? Raider Greg, West Side Pirate here, man, representing the Raiders for life, man. I've been in the Raider Nation since 1974. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I was born into the nation, went to my first game in 74. I've been down with the ship many times in down years. Uh, I'm staying on board. Anyways, we know by now that uh, Mark Davis has bought a one-way ticket to Sin City. And I'm throwing down my bones here on why this crapshoot, this this uh, craps table bet, I don't believe is going to work out for him. These are my four bones, uh, Raider Greg. Number one, Mark Davis is moving from the third largest media market to the 26th the 26th largest market. There's only four NFL markets uh, smaller than Las Vegas. Number two, Las Vegas is a transitory turnstile town. Nobody's from Vegas, and anybody there is trying to get out. People go there for jobs, and when they dry up like the desert, they leave. They they leave. So there's no real civic connection to Las Vegas, even from the people in that fairly you know fairly mid-sized city. Um, number four, how in the number three that is how in the world can any business hope to survive by turning its back on its customer base, burning all bridges, and then hope to fill up a stadium? 
Uh, you recall Los Angeles, uh, as I do, Greg, uh, the Raiders in the 90s had good teams, competitive teams. They were only drawing in the 40,000s. The L.A. Coliseum down there was often referred to as the L.A. Memorial Mausoleum. Only 40,000 fans, man. Um, and uh, so Mark is hoping to draw that fan base, that L.A. market, indirectly. There's a problem with that now. L.A.'s got two teams now, both the Rams and the Chargers, and you have an oversaturation now in this region. This region couldn't even support two teams, much less three. So this indirect market that Davis is trying to, is hoping to capture, uh, I don't think he's going to capture with this oversaturation. And we know from experience they were down there for, what, 13 years? What an unlucky number, man. Uh, they're, they're very fair-weather, fickle fans down there. Uh, for us up here, that's a bridge too far, baby. I mean, um, Vegas. So I see, <laughs> you know, a lot of we're not getting on those planes, uh, Greg. You know, it's just too much money, man. We work for a living. Um, so he's turned, he's burned, he's burned his, a lot of bridges here. 10,000 fans, generally speaking, went from Northern California down to those Raider games in Southern California a game. He's not going to get those 10,000 fans a game like the Los Angeles Raiders got. He might get 5,000. How does that fill up a 65,000-seat stadium? Is not going to. So you're going to have a lot of home games, brother, that are just home-filled advantage. The bottom line here is Mark Davis has cut, released the 12th man, which is us, the Raider fan, from that 53-man roster. He has released and cut the 12th man, which was us. No home field advantage. I see Mark Davis as a prodigal son. The prodigal son, as you know, traveled off to a far and distant country, seeking pleasure, fortune, fame, only to end up with eating from the pig's trough uh, with dry sand in his mouth. And I see that's what I see for Mark Davis in the future, eating from <laughs> Vegas's big trough, Sin City, wanting to come home, but maybe not having that opportunity. Mark Davis is a prodigal. And, uh, but you know what, Greg? That's my team. I wish him luck. I'm staying on board. Anyways, man, later on, brother. And for those that are discouraged, don't jump ship. Hey, listen, this is just a game. Put it in perspective. All right. Peace. Yeah, you know, there's, like I said, there's a lot of fingers to be pointed about whose fault it is that they left and and the viability of the stadium as well. And how many people will travel? Like I said, 4 million people a year. Uh, 4 million a month fly in and out of Vegas. So that's a crazy number, bro. 4 million people a month? That's a lot of people. I I don't know. I don't know who's going to fill up the stadium. I do know that it's not our problem. <laughs> it's going to be Mark's problem. And yeah, he... Uh, I, I think his dad planted this seed, man. Honestly, now that I think about it, listening to Greg Papa, I think his dad wanted the team to go there and might have planted many seeds, and they didn't grow until now. So they're gone. 
we're going to have to deal with it. I'll tell you at the end of the show how I'm dealing with it. So that'll be my thing. And then, you know, we can share that. So I'm hoping that people call in the next show so that we could share how we're coping with this humongous issue. So I appreciate the call. Your take is always great. Love you, brother. And our next caller is Obi-Wan Raider. What is up, Raider Nation? I call in today, Raider Greg, with the heart that's heavy on one side, yet optimistic on the other. I still am kind of numb that this actually went through. I mean, the owners actually voting for something for the Raiders, and I'm not kidding myself. I know it was more so for them because you're looking at the revenue stream coming in and the public money. But, uh, wow. Las Vegas Raiders, I just want to send a message to all the Raider Nation as a whole. Whether we like the Tommy Boy haircut from Mark Davis or not, the team does have to move on towards the future, and I hope and pray that no Raider fans do anything to the team, do anything to the players, do anything to the coaches. We are above that. Let's not be who the media thinks we are. I will support them no matter where they go. Means I just have to start saving a little bit more. You know, book your trips ahead of time, but it is a lot cheaper to get to Vegas than it was for me to get out to Oakland. That being said, for all my Raider Nation faithful, just remember, the Raider Nation encompasses a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds all over the world. Let's be strong at this time, Raider Nation. And if you have any doubt, just look at the statement that Derek Carr put out. That is why we picked him. The guy is class through and through, him and Khalil Mack. And I guess Mark had a little bit of his father in him. There were reports that Libby Schaff gave Mark the Schaff after the whole Chargers-Raiders thing fell apart and they couldn't make it to L.A., and they gave the Chargers a chance to go to L.A., and she tripled the rent and basically rubbed in his face, you have nothing else, to, nowhere else to go or whatever. That was some Al Davis shit right here that he did. He went and formulated a plan right after leaving her ass, and now it came back to bite her in the ass. So, that being said, I really don't know what else to say, Raider Nation. One love, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. I hope during this vacation you guys are safe. Anyone out there for the Raider Nation that needs um, support and love, I'm saying a prayer up to everybody right now, to God, for everyone. Just to basically just hug and, and, and comfort us and just hold us and know that God has a plan for everything. We didn't understand what was happening with the picks that we made that got us Derek Carr, per se, in the second round, or some of our later picks or whatever else. Everything formulates for a reason. We have to trust in God, and those that trust in God know he has great plans for us. He does have plans to let us falter or fail. Trust in that Raider Nation. One love, Obi-Wan Raider, calling in from Spring, Texas, and I'm out. Well, thanks for the call, brother, and yeah, there you go. Uh, it's cheaper to fly to Vegas from anywhere, actually, probably. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of advantages. I mean, it's going to make the franchise better. And, yes, the city of Elkland blew it. Hey, the Raiders blew it, too. 
but ultimately the Raiders uh, fans in the East Bay and this area kind of lost out. So whatever. It is what it is, though, see? We have to go beyond this and acceptance and move on. And this is what I'm doing. But I don't think anybody's going to hurt anybody or hurt a player or a coach. That is not even in the realm of reality, bro. I don't think. I think the Raider Nation is <laughs> smarter than that no matter what. We want our team to win, brother. And I don't have any fears of that. Not at all. Not for me, anyway. And their next caller is the 360 Raider from Bellingham, Washington. <laughs> what you got to say, brother? What is going on, Raider Nation? It's the 360 Raider checking in from Bellingham, Washington. Uh, it's March 27th, a day that we will forever remember in the history of our team, in the 57-year history of our team. Uh, by a vote of 31 to 1, the Miami Dolphins being the uh, one, the uh, Oakland Raiders will be relocating to Las Vegas, Nevada in the 2017 and 2018 seasons in Oakland uh, with no clue what happening on the 2019 season. Could play in Oakland. Uh, could play in uh, could play somewhere in Nevada, maybe the uh, UNLV uh, facility. Um, it's kind of it's, it, this is very surreal obviously and this is obviously a very sore subject with a lot of uh, Raider fans, especially you know, in the Bay Area, for the community to lose this team a second time in 30 years. Uh, one time in, you know, back in 82, when we just, you know, packed the moving trucks and left and went to Los Angeles. And now this time, I imagine that this time, you know, hurts the most. Um, I'm sure that both times, you know, they hurt, but uh, I can imagine that this time, this one hurts a lot more than when uh, when they left in '82. I uh, I don't know how to feel about this. I, I've been a I've been a Raider fan, you know, for most of my childhood and all my adult life. Uh, when they were in Los Angeles, followed them in Oakland. Obviously, uh, the the memories I have of the Raiders are in Oakland. Um, I don't have very much memories of them in Los Angeles because I was way too young to to really know what they did in Los Angeles. But um, this is very surreal for me, and especially I've, I've had season tickets in Oakland here in the last few years. Um, am I going to follow them to Las Vegas? Well, of course, this is my team. Um, I just can't believe that the knuckleheads at the city council and the county, they couldn't get this right. Uh, they knew that this was this was looming, and you know Libby Schaff to to send some kind of just half-hearted, you know, put together report like I'm turning in my my final like you know 20 minutes before it's due. I don't know that there was ever a real viable plan, and I also don't believe that. Mark Davis was was interested. I think I think Mark was uh, very very set on Las Vegas. He was committed to Nevada, and you know he uh, 
he he went to where where the money was and i just i just hope that at the end that this is the uh this is the right move for the team uh, i hope that i hope that we can just now have peace in the situation it's not changing it's official i i know that there's still a huge degree of separation within the within the nation you know, obviously the, the the pro oakland uh they don't want to see the team leave me i i don't have a, a sentimental tie to to the city of oakland mind you but i have a huge sentimental tie to to the raiders uh, that should account for something uh i just it's just very surreal for me when I saw that the decision came through and that it came through in virtually a landslide, I was even more perplexed. So it just goes to show you who's really controlling the purse strings here. But all I could say is, is, you know, this is the cost of doing business sometimes. And we all have to remember, even though that we have a, a sentimental connection to this team, we feel that, as fans, you know, we're, we're entitled to a voice. In reality, we really are not. You know, we, uh, we get paid to be entertained by, by these guys. Yeah, we love this team. We love what it stands for, and we love, we love everything about this team. And I think, to a certain extent, this team defines an area, and it defines a city. I just think it's going to be very strange for the Oakland Raiders to now be the Las Vegas Raiders. And what's even more strange is that they're like a lame duck team for the next couple of seasons until they, uh, until they actually make the move to Nevada, but I'm forever going to always be a Raider. Uh, I'm not turning in my, uh, my Raider card in. I, I, I stick by the team. I like any family. We don't always agree, but that's what makes us all unique, and that's what makes this organization work. We don't always agree on everything, uh, but at the end of the day, we all have one common thread that ties us together, and that's the Raiders. So with that said, I wish everyone well. I, I can't wait for the upcoming season. Uh, I wish Derek Carr a speedy recovery. It sounds like he's on the right road to recovery. And uh, I hope that we do big things in 2017. I'm finally glad that this elephant's out of the room. We don't need to worry about it anymore. We need not fret about it anymore. It's over. It's done. Let's get back to football and let's 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 bring a Lombardi home before we uh, before we leave. Let's let's make some great memories these next couple of years in Oakland and go Raiders. The 360 and I'm out. You know what? I love the take because this is a take from someone who lives some from somewhere else as well. Not in the Bay Area. We got the Bay Area guy. We got the guy. But I think we all have the same heart. I think we're all in the same boat. I know we're going to stay all of the same team. I don't see, you know, I don't know. But I would say that there are very, very, very few fans that are jumping anywhere. Honestly, there are a lot of pissed off fans for sure. Um, but I don't think there's so many that are like a big bunch, honestly. So 
Uh, that's being said, I sure hope we bring a Super Bowl home to Oakland. That would be an amazing thing. That's the best thing you said this whole time, and I agree totally. Thank you, bro. And our next caller is my very good friend, my brother from another mother, Houston Raider Steve, a very passionate and smart Raider fan. Uh, this is his take. This is a little different, you know. A little different. He's a little upset. And he lives in Houston. He doesn't even live in the Bay Area. Check him out. Hello, Raider Nation. I just got done talking to Greg about the, what's going to go on with the Raiders and everything. I talked to Randy earlier. First of all, I want to tell uh, Greg and Randy how much I appreciate, as we all do, all their hard work, labor of love, putting these shows together, both of them making sure everything was right. Living here in Texas, that was my number one and only source of uh, keeping up with what's going on with the Raiders. Plus, I uh, loved hearing the bone line. I loved hearing Greg's perspectives and Randy's perspectives. But now I want to give you my perspective. What's going to happen is, you know, we're going to be a lame duck team for the last two years. I lived here in Houston when we lost the, uh, the Oilers. The very last year that that team was here, sure, people went to go see them when they played the Steelers for the last time, the Dolphins for the last time, the 49ers for the last time. I went to the Dolphins game and the Steelers game. You couldn't get my, I, we had to get the tickets from my brother-in-law through his company. Nobody in his company wanted to go to the games. They couldn't give those tickets away. The last game or two, last three or four games, it was like a ghost town in the Astrodome. Nobody gives a rat's ass about about that team because they're gone. They're gone. There's nothing we can do about it. They don't care about the fans. Mark Davis never really negotiated or had the fans' best interest in Oakland at heart. All he was thinking about is his legacy, his father's legacy, and, you know, why should... That's what happens when you turn your money or your your uh, money over to people that, you know, just they don't they don't really appreciate you. You know what's that what's that going to mean for Las Vegas now? What that means for Las Vegas is that half the stadium there is going to be fans for the other teams, fans for the other teams that don't give a rat's ass about the Raiders. So our home field is gone. You're making people fly from from uh, Oakland and and everywhere else especially Oakland, the season ticket holders, Sacramento, San Jose, Bakersfield, Fresno. You're making all those people in the Bay Area, in the Central Valley, maybe some people from Los Angeles. Of course, it's going to be easier for Los Angeles. But you're going to tell them every game is a damn road game. Every second game is a road game. Well, you know what, Mark Davis? As we said in here in Houston when the Oilers hit the road, we said, Bud Adams, don't let the door hit you or the good Lord split you. You know, don't let it hit you on the ass. But you better be careful what you wish for. Remember when you went down to Los Angeles, they said Los Angeles guaranteed them sellouts, guaranteed them luxury boxes. Well, none of that happened for most of your 12-year existence down there in Los Angeles. So they came back to Oakland. What did Oakland do? They built Mount Davis for Al Davis because that's basically what he said. In order to get me to come back, you've got to build me luxury boxes. You know what? There's, what is it, $50 million debt that's still on that? You think the taxpayers of Oakland feel like paying it? Paying for a brand new stadium on top of the $50 million debt that's still owed. I've talked to people that this is the last year, season ticket holders. I've talked to people from Sacramento, dear friends of mine, Raider fans. They're not even going to go to the sports bars this year to watch the Raiders. They said, you know what? They made their decision. I'm making mine. I'm not going to pay for a PSL. Greg, we appreciate all your hard work with the bone line. Randy, we appreciate all your hard work. I'm going to still try to see you guys at the tailgate. I'm going to miss the hell out of listening to bone line calls from people from all over. The money man, you know, all the great callers, you know, Natalie, Raider Bitch, and all the other great callers. Sid from the IE, 
all the Imperial Valley, all those great callers. I want to miss all you guys, man. Anyway, you're awesome, and have a great day. Go Raiders! We're back, baby! I'm not going to support you in Vegas. Now, even though Houston Raiders Steve will be able to go to Vegas cheaper than Oakland, and it will be nicer there in the new stadium. It might be more expensive to get a ticket, but still, this is his choice. He could change his mind. I think a lot of these guys, I think he might. I don't know, but I hope he does. I told him that he should get uh, pay his 100 bucks and and get a spot in line. He might change his mind. And I would suggest to anyone, if, if that's what they're thinking, you should do it, man. If you're anywhere closer than I am and you want to go to this this uh, Vegas thing, you should get in there and, and pay your 100 bucks. It's gonna co- Who knows how much it's going to cost. You can always get your money back. That would be my advice. Well, thanks, Steve, for your very passionate take. I feel you, bro. And our next caller is Raider Joe from Rochester, New York. What's happening, my brother? Hey, man. Raider Joe from upstate New York, Rochester. Um, Oh, news just broke that uh, we moved to Las Vegas. It's a sad day, man. I don't know how to cut it down to three minutes. I just, I'm lost for emotion, so I don't know how to make this call, but, uh, how's the first show, first Raider game back to Oakland, back from Los Angeles, man? And it was electric. I was six years old. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm literally lost for words, man. Tough. Hang in there, Raider Nation. My plan of attack is to personally boycott the first season of Las Vegas from the draft to fantasy football to everything in between. And where my heart lies after that calendar year is where I'll go. I guess you guys all do what you need to do. Burn jerseys, do what you need to do. But, uh, tough. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like, I'm stumbling on my words because I, I don't know what to say right now, man. It's a weird feeling. I was at the first game back from L.A. when they played Boyser back in town, man. Now they're gone again. Only team in NFL history to lose their team in twice. Tough, man. Hang in there, man. Love you guys. Raider Nation. I'm out. Possibly for the last time. Love you guys. Late. Well, did any of you... figure that was going to be this call? Well, I didn't. I'm really surprised, bro. Well, thanks for the call, Joe. I'm sorry. You know, you're bummed, man. And I know he's not the only one who's bummed. And and I'm glad you called in and you you let it out like this, brother, because this is how a lot of fans, how I felt. I mean, I went through that process, but that's where you are. Or when you made the call, that's where you were. I think you'll change your mind, bro. Uh, I know you're bummed. People are bummed. But, like I said, you got to go through those stages of grief. 
and eventually realize you're still a Raider fan no matter what. You're still going to peek at the TV. You're still going to turn in the radio. You're still going to look in the paper. You're still going to be interested in what goes down every game. So I don't know if you can get out of it, man. I think it's it's pretty uh, – I think it's over. You think you're a Raider fan no matter what. I think that's what you'll realize myself. I appreciate the emotional call, bro. Honestly, I do. And our next caller, my very good brother, been along the show for a long time. Pennsylvania Raider. He's in the house. What's happening, my brother? What's up, Nation? It's Pennsylvania Raider. Uh, it's uh, Tuesday afternoon here on the uh, East Coast, about 415. About 24 hours removed that the Raiders are officially moving to Las Vegas. Uh, you know, like anybody else, I have some mixed emotions. Um, would have liked to see him stay in Oakland, but, you know, Oakland didn't want them. So we got to go somewhere. So if we have to go somewhere, Las Vegas, uh, I think it's a good choice. I see a lot of people, a lot of people on the internet and on the TV and on social media just, just bashing on the Raiders, just burning their Raiders shit, saying, oh, I'm not Raider no more. They left Oakland. They left. And people like that, man, you, I mean, you got to chill. I mean, this team could go play on Jupiter, and I'd still, I'd still follow them. I'd still love them, you know. But, you know, I, I mean, that's easy for me to say coming over here on the East Coast. I mean, they're not around here, you know. I can only imagine what it's like, you know, especially if, you know, you're – a young Raider fan in your 20s, I mean, like, you grew up with the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are all you know, and now they're not there. So I understand that. I get it. But uh, you got to support the team. It don't matter where we play. Las Vegas, Oakland, Alberta, Canada, Indochina, don't matter. One nation, one love, that's the Raider Nation. you got to support the team, man. Uh, I think good things are going to be coming off the Raiders. So let's keep it together. Let's try to keep it positive. United under one nation. This Pennsylvania Raider, I'm out. Well, there is another perspective, you know, that you got to stick by your team. And I, I understand that. And you do live far away. But then again, you know, there's the guy who every Sunday for the last 20 years has gone to Oakland for the first game of the season and the second, and so on, to the last game of the season, only to repeat it again the next year with his family that's growing, his friends that are growing, the relationships that are solidified every year during you know, the beginning of the year, the first game of the season. It is an amazing situation here. So those who don't live here in Oakland, bro, I don't know. It's a lot easier to say for you, like you say, uh, but it's a lot harder for us because of the things that I just threw out there, bro. But I appreciate your take, and I understand it, and we will have to go through it. And our next caller <laughs> needs no introduction, especially if you go to the games, because Bandito, when he's in the house, the party is rocking for sure. Uh this is uh, Juan Jorge. He's in the house. My very good friend. 
Great dude. Super fan, bro. Super fan. Hey, what's up, Raider Greg? This is Bandito, your boy from Santa Rosa calling in. I uh, just wanted to call in and, um, you know, just tell you how thankful I am to um, have met you and how thankful I am for the Raider Nation podcast um, and it, and how blessed I was to actually find it and get in contact with you and, and, and Randy. Um, it's It's been an amazing journey. I, I, I know it's very, very hard um, to endure this this Vegas move and, um, it, you know, it's, it's broken many, many hearts, mine included. I mean, y- you know what I'm talking about the days where nobody was at the Coliseum, but us, um, there was more seagulls than there was fans and you and I, and uh, a few others were there and there was no one to be found. Um, the, the days where we had the Raider nation podcast tailgate, um, you know, I miss those days and th- th- those are memories that, that'll last uh, a lifetime um, because of this podcast, because of you and Randy, what you guys have been able to put together. I met a lot of amazing people, um, friends that I now call family members. Um, and because of the Raider Nation podcast, you guys encouraged me to, uh, to go to away games and travel. Uh, because of you guys, I went to my first away game back in 2009 in Kansas City, which we ended up winning. Um, it hurts, man. It, it, it hurts uh, after sleeping on it. Um, I, I, I realize that it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, the, it it's, it's one person's fault, whether you feel it's the city's or the owner's, whoever whoever's fault it is. Um, it's happening. There's nothing we can do. Uh, we can play the blame game all day, but it's pointless. It's unhealthy. Um, but it's not our boys' fault. It's 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 not Derek Carr's fault. It's not Khalil Mack's fault. Um, it's not Jack Del Rio's fault. So they're still our boys. And I know you'll probably say something along the lines of, "I'm going to buy a 50-inch screen TV and just watch it at home," and that is your right. Um, I just wanted to call in real quick and. And say if this is it in terms of the podcast, um, you know, I appreciate you and everything that you've ever done for me. Um, you are someone that I have high, high, high views of, and you are greatly appreciated, sir. And, um, and I hope to continue um, our, our Raider fanhood together. Um, you know, I know you don't live very far from me, so we'll get together here soon i just wanted to call in and say how much um i've appreciated the podcast and and the bone line and the video cast and you and and randy together um you guys have been a blessing well don't want to take up too much more of your time uh this is bandito Raider greg i'm out the voice of the bandito which incidentally was the very first call we got on our bone line He's the first guy that called in. Young man, working hard, making his way. He's come so far. He's grown so much. And we've seen him at very many, many games. And yeah, man, back to when the seagulls roared over the Coliseum. Nobody was going. It was, uh, I don't know, man. It was kind of strange. But, you know, we stuck in there. And just like the, the people who listen to the show, who've been in the parking lot, who were who were there in the very, very darkest of times. 
But you know what? We laughed, we cried, we had a good time, and you are a great young man. You got a lot big future going on, and I know you'll be going to Vegas. There's no doubt, and there's no big deal. I understand that totally, and trust me, brother, I support you 110 percent. Always have. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be that conduit for you and a lot of other fans here on this show to hook up, uh, get together, grow the family, if you know what I mean. The Raider Nation continues to grow no matter what I'm doing for sure. But I appreciate your friendship for sure, brother, your phone calls, your wisdom, and definitely your, your friendship for sure above all. Uh, God bless you, my brother. Well, that is it for the Raider Nation podcast. Uh, bone line but before i sign out on the show let me just say you know my wife and i reflecting on the very beginnings of our show uh the very first calls the very first emails the first support and uh it's been an amazing time we've been doing this show for a very long time (laughs) over a decade i like to say and let me just say this too we are the Longest running sports podcast ever. You could put that in the book, baby. Yes, we are the longest running sports podcast in history. The Raider Nation podcast. Be proud of that, folks, because that's a fact. And the other fact is, yes, above ESPN and ABC Sports, NBC Sports, you know, CSN Sports, Every sports network in the world, the Raider Nation podcast, oldest, longest running sports podcast, baby. Hoo-yah! <laughs> you got to love that. So knowing that, yeah, I'm bummed that the team's leaving. Uh, my family is bummed that the team's leaving. A lot of fingers to point. Doesn't matter. I'm always going to be Raider Nation. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? We don't know what we have for tomorrow, folks. Uh, and that is why Jesus Christ is so important. I'm going to throw that in there because, you know, it's the truth. And let me just say this. I might do another show. I might do a bunch more shows. So just keep looking for me on there. See if it gets refreshed to another episode. Who knows? I'm definitely going to do another one because I want you guys to call in the show. If you haven't called in a long time and you get to see that you listen to this podcast, I need some of the old timers in here, baby. Some of the originals. Get on in here. Make a call. Uh, tell me what's happening. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. I am Raider Greg. I am proud to be a member of the Raider Nation podcast family. And I'm very proud to be a part of the Raider Nation. And to uh, be just facilitator. Uh, and, and to meet so many fine, fine friends and, and family and people. Uh, through this journey. So give us a call. 1-800-620-7181. You got it. It's on you now. So hopefully we'll hear from you by next show. I'm Ritter Greg, and I am out.